Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, my fellow Westorians. Happy Saturday. Welcome back to a spoiler-filled preview for episode seven. You know how we do. Everything goes except leaks. We don't talk leaks. We talk fire and blood. We talk trailers. We talk interviews. We talk anything else we've learned from behind the scenes. Anything we can figure out, obviously. That's how it goes. Monday is for our non-spoiler spoiler streams uh, post-episode. Today, to help us cover this monumental episode is what it's looking like it's going to be is our good friend Jason from the official House of the Dragon podcast and X-Ray Vision podcast. You are a double-dealing podcaster, aren't you? I, I'm. Uh, that is how I uh, make my coin. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for having me on. As you know, uh, you know, big fan for a long time. Yeah, and we are fans of you as well. We're so happy to have you. This is great. So um, how awesome has this been? Just this whole experience. We didn't know we would have such a great time. It was too much to hope for the show to be as good as it's been. But it, it is as good as it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I've been reflecting on that a lot. I just think that it's a wonderful adaptation. I think it's something about the fact that the, the source material written as fictional history from the perspective of you know various unreliable narrators the adaptation is just inherently going to be more additive than a narrative story where you have to take out characters because there's so many and you have to just kind of boil it down to the main plot. Here it's like you can add context, you can add things, and it even as a reader, it I am surprised by things that are revealed, even though I know broadly, like, you know, from reading how the war is going to turn out. It's a lot of things that the historians got wrong, and so that is a wonderful surprise and has been part of why this show has been really, really fun to watch. Hell yeah. Very well said, my friend. That's a, that's a great take. I, I totally agree with you. It's really a It really fits the source material. It really fits the way the material is delivered to us and it gives the actors and writers, everyone some room to yeah. do their own thing and, and put their own stamp on it without going off page, without going, you know, too far afield from the intended, um, well, from what was intended, yeah. Folks, yeah. you can catch the uh, these streams on YouTube live, of course. You can catch the replays afterwards also on YouTube or on Spotify. And the podcast versions, you can catch anywhere you get podcasts, again, like Spotify or Amazon Music, Google Play, iTunes, all that good stuff. So it seems like not only weddings and tournaments and hunts can go wrong, but now funerals too, although it seems like maybe the funeral itself will be peace. It's just the afterwards will be, 
intense, I suppose. <laughs> How does that, uh, yeah, does that sound that, about right to you, Jason? Good setup? Yeah, getting, I, I think so. You know, getting that whole family together, especially after uh, Rhaenyra, uh, you know, has, uh, has kind of like separated herself for the events of the last episode. I think that there's so many different uh, things that each side is trying to accomplish, certain ambitions. There's certain characters that have more information, certain have, have less, and, and no one trusts each other. And we're also at a point in history where, you know, from my, my read on it is Viserys, he had been trying so long for that male heir. Mm-hmm. Now he has several um, <laughs> boys, as well as, you know, his, his daughter, Helena. And he has his grandchildren. And I think he's just taken his hand off the wheel a little bit. And that has allowed space for all of these competing factions to kind of very subtly and not so subtly begin wrestling for the scraps of whatever's left over when Viserys, uh, you know, shuffles off. And I think the, you know, everybody being together for this funeral is going to provide a space for that, that kind of jostling for position. Yeah, it's it's clever how they keep bringing everybody together like that. Because <laughs> when they're all together, stuff happens, right? <laughs> yes, it does. All right, we have a super chat from Met Fan Man who says, Let's go, Mets. Who do you think Laris will kill next? Who do you think he has killed in the past before he killed his family? Ooh, what an interesting question. First of all, boo, Mets. I'm a Braves fan, so you know, I, gotta, <laughs> I gotta represent. <laughs> Who do you think Laris will kill now? That is a good question. There's a lot of possibilities there. I suppose that there's uh, he's not done killing. Let's put it that way. And and who has he killed in the past? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, who has he actually killed? You know, personally, yeah, versus I don't know if who has he assigned someone to kill? Stab, yeah, ordered the death of is probably more like. I doubt he's done a lot of yeah. stabbing. Yeah, but but poisoning, maybe he's done that. I don't know. Maybe. Sure. Hmm. I, I will say, you know, certainly the um the confidence with which he carried out his plan would seem to suggest that like, this is not his first rodeo, so to speak. (laughs) Yeah. Not the first time he's taken condemned men and sent them to (laughs) like, none of this seemed like old hats or new hat. Not at all. He he was pretty sure it would work. And indeed it did. Yeah. And he seemed to be enjoying himself. Like that was the biggest smile he had was when he sat down in front of those prisoners. Yeah. Like that was the most legit smile he's had. That is a creepy man, but that's a good character. (laughs) Let me, let me ask both of you because I think, you know, again, the, the the way the show provides context has been wonderful, and one of the constant questions that you come away with from reading the novellas and, and Fire and Blood is, and the historians are asking this of themselves: What motivates Laris? What is his yeah. deal? You know, you hear it time and time again. Which side is he on? What is he doing? Why did he do the things he he does? I was wondering if you had any thoughts on that. Now, having having gotten a taste of a little Laris the Clubfoot. I wonder if it's anything other than somewhat standard power. Um, he wants mm-hmm. to be powerful. Uh, he wants to be as powerful as he can. He has a, a, a dog-eat-dog view of the world, and the only way to protect yourself is to have power, more power than everybody else, yeah. or as much power as you can. What do you think, Shay? Yeah, that's about what I would say I thought before the season, and I think it's kind of the simplest answer, but it's just what makes sense is that power is important anywhere, but especially in this world. And I I think that's enough of a reason to motivate someone to kill their family. Like, 
you know, some people thought, well, why would he kin slay or whatever? Because like that is extreme, but that is extreme to get very extreme to get the one of the highest seats in the land doesn't seem that extreme like and like heron hall is like a pretty good prize it would be interesting if he killed one of his own family early on and like had the euron thing and was like well i never mm. i never suffered consequences so i proved to myself the gods aren't real so on all these rules can be broken you know uh something along those lines there's no evidence that that happened but <laughs> that would be fitting i'd be a little too much like euron yeah. probably but <laughs> it would fit and certainly the curse is a the curse is a uh or so-called curse, depending on your perspective, is a, is a wonderful, you know, way for him to kind of avoid any kind of suspicion. Pretty clever. Oh, that's yeah. cursed. What are you going to do? Yeah, the play, yeah, what can you do? <laughs> yeah, Heron, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> My, so I watched the whole season over again this week. My mother drove up from Florida because of the hurricane, and she's already gone back. But we watched the whole season together. She hadn't seen it at all. The second, I swear, the second Larry Strong came on screen in that third episode, she said, is that Allison's lover? And I was like, what? And I was like, she's not far off. I mean, that's not yeah. what happens, but he might be into her. Like, the way he looks at her, he might be attracted to her. I don't think they're ever going to hook up, but I was like, wow, mom, that's really close to <laughs> what's, you know, like, he definitely well, I think immediately sidles up to her. So, like, she was pretty close. I think you both hit on something, too. I think that is that is from a character point of view, you know, his his brother, the heir to Heron Hall, and uh, is was yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> like the most physically fit, strongest man <laughs> in the realm by reputation. Yeah. You know, and 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 it seems certainly that uh Lionel, Lord Lionel doted on on his son. And we've seen in this world, if you don't conform to the kind of physical like a mold of what a masculine warrior man is you you're going to be on the outside of society Tyrion, for example and i think laris i think whereas Tyrion dealt with that by in one way i think laris is maybe dealing with that in another way which is ext- poisoned toxic <laughs> jealousy that mm. that that finds voice in, in uh in murder yeah, it's a really interesting thing to combine the highborn aspect with the with his disfigurement, with his uh, malformed yeah. foot. And that's an unusual characteristic quality of uh, combination of characteristics for Westeros. Because being highborn obviously is like being a demigod, being a, a yeah. much higher social status. But then you have like what you're saying, where his foot makes him looked down on by a lot of people, which is something he leans into. Like Aikido, they're not they're not going to pay attention to me. Yeah. Well, I'm going to learn all their secrets. Yeah. Oh yeah, the way he shows up in that in that uh, in that third episode, where he's oh, you know, I can't go on the hunt because obviously I can't go. But uh, if I could just rest my bones for a moment, ladies, please continue your conversation, and I'll just sit here. Don't mind me. It's, and, it's super good. Yeah, it, it's it, yeah. there. Maybe a little. Maybe there's a little hatred at the world. Maybe like he hates people mm-hmm. because of how he's been treated, the way they treat him because of his uh, his handicap. And I wonder if that's part of what fuels him. Um, very interesting character. We'll have more to say on him. Let's let's go to Driftmark first. It really seems like this is an interesting episode because even though what I said at the beginning where there's so many of the most momentous quotes and from Fire and Blood, we know a lot's going to happen in this episode. But from the trailers or just the screenshots, it looks kind of just like, oh, there's a funeral. You know, some stuff is going to happen. There's people staring off screen at things that are happening. But it's the, maybe the least revealing set of trailer scenes, which is 
obviously masks that there's going to be a lot happening. (laughs) But a lot of it will take place at Driftmark. It seems like maybe two-thirds of the episode will take place there. I'm just guessing. I don't don't really know that. But there's a a moment starting off where Rainy seems to drop a pair of earrings on a table. And I'm guessing those are Lena's. Maybe this is how... They receive word that she's passed. Maybe Damon sends this ahead or something because there's no, obviously her, there's no body. She was burned to a crisp. Um, not that he would send that first anyway. That would be oh. a little awkward. Um, but no, uh, I put it up on screen, um, but you can see this behind the scenes shot. It does look like the earrings that Lena is wearing. Okay. It's very hard to get a shot of her earrings because her hair is so big and covers yeah. her ears always. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that is what it looks like to me as well. I guess those are pretty strong earrings. They survived the dragon fire. Yeah, they're Valyrian steel (laughs) earrings, perhaps. I don't know. (laughs) So it's a small change from Fire and Blood. In the books, it's Laenor's funeral where all this happens, which, by the way, I suppose that's almost certainly happening. Actually, it's definitely happening this episode because there's a time jump after this episode, and there's no way they're... Almost no way they're changing things that much where uh, Lenor isn't killed this episode. So that's a big deal. There's some evidence of it. There's some screenshots from the trailer where there's multiple fights inside Driftmark. There's like Damon at fighting someone on the stairs and then Damon, mm-hmm. someone else in the Hall of Nine. So Damon's doing stuff. <laughs> and then there's Lenor and someone sitting by the fire. By fire. the fire? Yeah, yeah, yeah I was going to say. The fire. The fire. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff happening. So two uh, two different sea snake lines, as I said. The other one, besides people don't remember blood, they remember names. The other one is, what is this brief mortal life if not the pursuit of legacy? I'm not sure that line is said about Lena, given how young. That's, that's an odd thing to say about someone who died in their 20s. So I'm wondering what any, um, any thoughts on what this well, refers to? I mean, you had. I mean, I thought you 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 had a thought on it before, right? Aziz, did, did I? Was, I don't did, remember did, what was it was. Was this not the line that you thought that he was? That was part of the conversation with uh, Luke and. James? No, I think the next one is. Oh, okay. Sorry. People don't remember blood; they remember names. That one, I think, is definitely mm-hmm. aimed at Luke and their bastardy. Like it's the same mm-hmm. kind of con- this is ba- similar to what Jace was asking his mom. I kind of think I, I, I guess my thought is that it's about the same subject. Okay, yeah, it maybe could it's be. not to the young boys, but it's also about the subject of whether the Valarian strong boys are truly Valarians. That mm-hmm. was my impression. That's. That's how I read it as well, is kind of Corliss saying, uh, you know, we're kind of suggesting that Corliss is, you know, whatever the, the views of some people within the realm about the parentage of Jace, Luke, and Joffrey, we're doubling down on this. Mm-hmm. People don't remember blood, they remember names. They'll remember that the Valerians were doubling down on this, and this is how we cement our legacy, whatever that means to Corliss. Yeah, I wonder from their the kids' perspective, like how all this looks. It's really interesting. We've always considered it, I think, as readers, as watchers, mostly our default is think about it from the adult's point of view. But it, they are challenging right. us to try to think about it from the children's point of view a bit by having these great actors have give great performances and show their their uncertainty and show their like well am i a bastard and what would that be like for an eight-year-old or ten-year-old or you meet your famous grandfather and he doesn't look anything like you (laughs) (laughs) like he looks really different you're a white boy with brown hair and you see this like very black man with with silver dreadlocks you're like that's my granddad like interesting like you know (laughs) 
So I, I, I got to think for for someone who's older, you kind of get how genetics works, and yeah, it's not so strange, yeah. maybe. But for an eight year old, you might be like, really? <laughs> I, but and then at the same time, like the dragon eggs hatch. Yeah, you know the uh, Amon's. Where's Amon's dragon? You know, there's other there's other. You know, they they could if they wanted to could latch on to certain things that would give them confidence but confidence in who they are. But certainly, it can't be. You you really feel how how much anxiety they have about their own identity, particularly at the end of the last episode. Yeah. Just like, am I, what's the truth of this? I'm a bastard. Harwin Strong seemed like he was hanging around a lot. He <laughs> certainly took an interest in us. <laughs> he was always hanging out, taking us, escorting he was, us. He was a really nice yeah, guy. He was <laughs> always here. <laughs> That's the kind of thing you just like, don't, when you're like older, you just like, well, not that those two will have, these kids will have a chance to be older, but oh. But when you're like, if you were, yeah. if you grew up that way and you're like, one day you're like 25, you're like, that guy really did take a lot of interest in us. Like, <laughs> yeah. like thinking back, like I didn't realize that yeah. when I was a kid. But damn, that, yeah. that guy this, was. Those posts where people suddenly realize, like, oh wait, I think maybe my my sister was my mother actually. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. My mother is my grandma. Oops. <laughs> oh, confusing. Very confusing life of a Valarian Targaryen bastard. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm very eager to hear those conversations. I'm sure they, they've handled these character moments so well, uh, written really good dialogue yeah. for it. So uh, I'm curious to see what that what that does. And it's been just fascinating, obviously, like as a reader, one of the first things uh, I'm sure everyone thought about it when this show was announced was, OK, flashbacks or time jumps, because, you know, <laughs> it takes place over 30 years. How, how are they going to do it? So um, it's been really, really wonderful to get these really great performances from these child actors like across the board. And then the younger versions of, you know, both Alice and Rhaenyra were wonderful as well. It, it, it's been, that's been really cool. Yeah. So obviously they've, they've gone with time jumps for season one. Do you think mm -hmm. it's possible that for a future season that they would do flashbacks? One, I do you think, think it's possible? And two, do you want it? I guess those are two questions. I feel like there's more to learn about Aegon the Conqueror mm -hmm. that I and I feel like we will get that in flashback obviously if it if it happens. I think that's the most likely thing for us. Oh, you flashback. think flashback think not some, a full season of Aegon the Conqueror of Aegon's Conquest? No, but okay. I think that we flashback to to stuff to add context to the overriding mm. kind of like yeah. prophecy and mission. But I would I I would guess that we're going to stay with this format going forward. If there are, if there is, you know, a, a large gap in time between events, we'll probably see more time jumps. I wonder if this is proving to other studios or other creators that these time jumps can work in other shows, because it, it, we've seen other shows do it now. It's becoming, I wouldn't say it's common, but it's more and more, yeah, I think more and more time jumps are being done. Vikings yeah, did the, it. The, crown the was Witcher maybe did it. The, the Crown did it. Yeah. Yeah. Template for a lot this. of big budget, like multi-season shows. Yeah. And sometimes they do it just to set up future seasons. Sometimes it's just part of it. Like in The Crown, I think it was like a, in the middle, right? Or I don't know The yeah. Crown very well. Maybe but like The Witcher, seasons, it was season right? one. And then they slowed the time jumps down. And then a lot, I think a lot of shows will do that where they do a, a season one of time jumps and then kind of slow it down. I'm not sure. Uh, in Viking case, it was very early season two where they did the time jumps. So, mm -hmm. uh, it's my understanding that the crown was between seasons was all the time jumps. It wasn't, with, it wasn't yeah. within each season. 
Yeah. Okay. Oh, they had one each for the season. Most part. Yeah, like like it, like oh, multiple. Okay. Like, I think sometimes it was the same actor for a couple of seasons, but okay. then they switch. So that is a little because huge time you know passes in that show. But so it's a bit different. But I still think a maybe the most similar um, template wise for House of the Dragon to compare it to those other shows. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I guess we'll see how they do that. Maybe that because obviously there's so many other just within this world, just when possible adaptations within uh, Westeros or Essos it shows them that yeah. that can be done like the Sea Snake Show or Nymeria or any of these things they could do time jumps um, Absolutely. Needed. so that's nice to see uh, Tracy McMillan longtime patron pointed out uh, a, a nice parallel uh, show Ned telling Jon Snow you may not have my name but you have my blood and we have show Rhaenyra telling Jacarys you're a Targaryen that's all that matters, and then whatever conversations Corlys has as well. That's really good. Really good. Uh, that is parallel. It, important too to note that, as many people I'm sure have asked you um, over this week, what's up with the hair? Can you be half Targaryen and have Jon Snow being the prime mm. example? Rhaegar, you know, the, the mm. half Targaryen, half Stark, brown hair. Luckily for him, or else he probably would have bought it <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be a hard, uh, harder to pull. <laughs> but uh, but it it happens it just happens it does just happen we have and even in the targaryen family i mean baylor breakspear yep. had brown hair yep. and purple eyes of agor you know you know bittersteel had brown hair yeah there's plenty yep. of plenty of brown haired targaryen descendants even if they weren't all um full-blooded so to speak so we have vagar returning to driftmark clearly in order for aemon to tame him or her rather and that's obviously a big deal. Vagar claiming Aemond. It's a huge power shift I for love the Greens Vagar and Blacks. Vagar claiming Aemond. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I said, is that what I said? Yeah, Vagar said claiming Aemond. Hey, it's like when a pet chooses you. You know, the cat. You the cat adopts you. The dog adopts you. The dragon adopts you. <laughs> and in the um, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna finish, and then I want to get your take, both of your takes on on something. Cool. That, mm. uh, I've, Oh yeah, so oh, okay. <laughs> I was say yeah. Vagar Vagar claims Aemond, or Aemond claims Vagar. I have it in no wonder I keep saying that. I wrote it. Vagar <laughs> claimed by Aemond in the books. Viserys suggests after the funeral that they they could pass by Dragonstone on the way, so Aemond can have a dragon if the lad is bold enough. He's like, <laughs> you know, trying to prick his courage a little bit, like trying to motivate him. We'll reverse uh, reverse psychology there. Works um, a little more well than he might have thought. There we get that cliff climbing scene from way back yeah. in the trailers. That seems to be Aemond here. So that's pretty exciting. I really wonder how they're going to play this. It seems like they're going to involve not just Jason Luke, but Bela and Reyna will be the it, it, from the trailer. Bela or Reyna are waking up Jason Luke saying someone's stolen Vagar. It's a very cute way to deliver news of a giant dragon being yeah. stolen. Wouldn't quite work in the books because Bale and Rin are four. They've been aged up a little bit yeah. here, so they're all appropriate age. And it makes a lot of sense to have them involved in this saga of whereas, their mother's dragon absolutely. getting whereas, taken. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, whereas Joffrey's a bit younger here. Um, yeah. So they're kind yeah. of taking on his role, I suppose. Yeah, you're right. That makes total sense. Um, that does That is fitting, and I think it's appropriate, yeah. And, and Joffrey's a little younger, so that's uh, yeah, it all It all lines up nicely. Uh, and of course, they see Vagar as theirs, since not only was she Lena's, but Vagar lived on Driftmark, which is obviously that's the yep. Valerian home. So it, it seems like she's sort of theirs, but <laughs> that changes. Um, mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, if there's an if there's a vacant dragon, 
let's waste no time in claiming that <laughs> dragon. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's not let's not lean on. Well, it was my mom's. I think you know. Obviously, let's get on that as quickly as possible. I, I wanted to ask you about one of the things that really like caused my jaw to to gape uh, <laughs> last episode, which is. Helena very quietly as she's like playing with her bugs. Uh, you know, Allison goes uh, off to talk to a handmaiden who's bringing news that uh, Amon has once again snuck into the bottom of the dragon pit. And uh, yeah, Allison's saying, you know, you, your obsession with the dragon, you'll get yeah. one eventually, something to that effect. Mm -hmm. And Helena says he'll have to close an eye. Yes. Yeah, so um, good. <laughs> the, uh, Immediately, I was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to be paying attention to everything Helena Every does. Every little word. She's now like patch face or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and do you, do you read this as her having something of the Targaryen dreamerness about her? Yeah, I think definitively there's like zero doubt. Right? Helena yeah. is a dragon Zero dreamer. Doubt. I really, Zero really, doubt. really want her to talk to Viserys, and I really want a scene with her. I, I want Viserys to be aware of this. I don't know if we'll see that, but is my they are hope. standing next to each other at the funeral. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Gives us a little so hope I have, there. I do have hope there. Um, the the line for me that's the, the question, like for sure. He has to close an eye. That's prophetic. The line for me that I'm not yeah. sure whether it's a, a misdirect or a real prophecy, a prophetic line is the last ring has no legs, which people have been debating in the fandom yeah. because there's two possible interpretations of that. One, the last king has no legs as in like, uh, Bran Stark. It's a reference to Bran Stark. Right. Two, it's a reference to Aegon too, who also becomes disabled in that way. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that yeah. one is possibly <laughs> just more of the misdirect and not actually a prophetic line, and that the other one is, but I'm not sure. I, I don't feel strongly about that one, but I, I do think for sure the other one is. Yeah, the other part that fits with the brand really nicely that I don't think we mentioned is the whole idea of opening your third eye in darkness and things like that, which is also mm. in the caves and the millipedes, like sightless creatures that live in those caves. That fits pretty well. Um, well, let me ask you a question, Jason. Based on this, sure. the, the rabbit hole of Helena as a dreamer, it opens oh, up wow. a lot of possibilities. One that really hits me with the sads is thinking about her dreaming about blood and cheese and her, the fate that's coming yeah. for her and her own children, which is like, oh, damn, painful. And it makes me wonder, because obviously, you know, certainly in the way it felt like she uh, she delivered the line about uh, about Eamon closing an eye. It it felt like it's unclear to me whether she knew what she was saying or if she was just kind of you know something just she's a conduit appears or... in her head and she just yeah I, I don't know that she processes it that much and so if indeed she has an inkling about what is to occur with blood and cheese, I wonder if she would react to that kind of dragon dream in a different way, in a way that's uh. obviously more intimate, is more present for her and for her family and is more, uh, you know, more actually tragic. I wonder how she will react to that kind of dream if indeed she has one. Have you? And if anybody would even listen to her, you know, yeah. if, if anybody would, because people just dismiss her, you know, they because do. she is a different person. And, and we know from the, from the, the, the source material that she was seen as, you know, uh, uh, more artistic, interested in kind of frivolous things. That, things that don't make the history not books. Having a yeah. Yeah, things that don't make the history books. So I wonder how people would react to a dream coming from this person. You know, yeah. would they even take it seriously? My sense is no, tragically. I mm -hmm. think Viserys would listen. 
I wonder, and maybe yeah. Rhaenyra even because she's been kind mm. of like normalized to be cut through her father to believe in these dreams. But yeah. whether her like Helena's brothers might not listen to her or Alicent might not listen to her or something like that. Yeah, I really wonder yeah. Alicent's reaction is the one I really wonder if she'll ever have any inkling of what her daughter's got going on there in that head of hers. Because mm. like, it's interesting too. to th- Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go, ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, please. It's interesting, too, to think about because, you know, uh, when these Targaryen dreams happen, it's not like there's some trumpet that blares, this is a real one. (laughs) Hey, listen to this. You know, like there's no outward signal. Uh, It is it is in that sense, like really uh, a, a real accomplishment that. Uh, Danis the Dreamer was able to like convey this in a way that so forcefully that that her family listened. But yeah, like would they? There's no there's no outward kind of signal that this is. Hey, listen to what this person is saying because it's real. I I wonder if maybe Allison will make the. I wonder if anyone will make the connection, or if Allison being in that room will make the connection, having heard it, or if it's just. Helena just saying stuff and you just kind of tune in. Yeah, out. they could make the connection after that because it's with yeah. Danis. My, my guess is that she proved herself. She predicted enough things. Yeah. And like, I doubt the doom was the first thing she predicted, especially mm-hmm. since they listened to her. Right. It seems like a lot to believe one dream of. So she must have proved herself. So I wonder if Helena yeah. will get the chance. I kind of doubt she will. But maybe she will. Maybe she'll convince a few people. Maybe there's some people that don't have enough power to do anything. Like she convinces people that are not the ones who need to be convinced, like like Alicent and, and her family. <laughs> Maybe some lesser people mm. will be convinced. Um, yeah. Selfishly, also, I hope blood and cheese doesn't happen this season because <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know that I have it in me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we've been guessing for a while that it'll be the beginning of season two. I'm still, I'm holding to that mm. prediction, but we'll see, we'll see. Because just in terms of casting, you know, they have to like cast different people yeah. for it. And what a way to start the season just with a, with a shocking <laughs> They love to do that, you know. That would be ultra shocking, yeah. I wonder if like Helena will will start to get uneasy around rats or something like that. That would be a really I would imagine show it, right? Yeah, certainly after now this. (laughs) I I mean, this is you know, uh, Joe Magician has has a notable theory that's making the rounds about Laris potentially being. He just popped up in the chat, by the way. How's it going, Joe? (laughs) Rats being involved with that. I think that uh, I love that theory. I don't know if I subscribe to it, but to me, the rats. I always read the rats as foreshadowing mm-hmm. of blood and cheese. Yeah. 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 You know, rat, you know, that of letting us know, hey, uh, there's a lot of rats and they move around in mysterious ways because of these passageways, that would have been something that uh, the the mm-hmm. uh, king and, and the people managing the castle would have wanted to get under control and they're just putting that in our minds. That's how I always read yeah, it. Yeah, I take it as yeah. yes, foreshadowing, but also showing why it's able to happen because these rats yeah. are here so they have to hire it, so it kind of works uh, on, on multiple levels there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So, regardless of how Allison reacts to any dreams, we know how she's going to react to the, the loss of her son's eye. And that of course is going to be a big part of what happens in this episode It's going to facilitate further problems. Uh, it's a really cleverly done moment. I think maybe some people were like, wow, Allison grabbing a dagger. That's cause that was a big deal in the trailers early on. It was one of the first like, yeah. mom- like scenes they really wanted us to think about the whole, that line. Now they see you as you are like that. Yet another line from the early trailers that is in this episode. That's at least four big ones <laughs> that, that were repeated over yeah. and over before the season. So that's really huge. 
uh, I love the detail. I love how they pull things from Fire and Blood and use them in, in as evidence of what their personality is like. When much later in the war, when the war, when Allison has lost most of her family and she's just the queen in chains, Allison Chains, of course, <laughs> uh, she it says in Fire and Blood that she was known. Yes. To snatch daggers from guards and just go after people. Like she was just, she yeah. just became like kind of manic or manically violent. And so this is a really good use of that one liner. They're like, yeah. well, let's just do that a little earlier or just we could, just, this would put that kind of pressure on her where she would just kind of blow up. And, and yeah, I mean, what a big moment. Like that's going to be huge moment. Yeah. What if you're the king's guard? What do you do? <laughs> what do you do? You're like grab. <laughs> what do you do? You? <laughs> the queen is going after the crown heir. <laughs> yeah, like, what do you do? <laughs> what do we do? You they're all just the stunned. Bathroom. They're like, you just, you just take yeah. a break, bathroom break. Just like, yeah, I'll be right back. <laughs> oh, I wasn't here for that. I couldn't have. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and presumably, this also starts the other big fight that carries forward as well which is Eamon mocking his cousins or his half brothers as and I guess he wouldn't call Bela and Reyna strongs because they're not strongs but right. certainly Jason Luke and in the book we hear that they question him about like where did you hear that and he says I heard it from my brother and his brother says everyone knows just look at them and well yeah I mean <laughs> I guess that's kind of true but <laughs> But then we get in the book, Viserys says, anyone who calls them strongs from here on out loses their tongues. He comes down hard on this because yeah. he's he wants to prevent civil war, um, which, hey, okay, good move, Viserys, I suppose. And this, of course, sets up the appetizer succession struggle, the driftmark succession struggle, which is it's like the mini micro succession struggle that... Yeah. that presages the the major one which is Vaymond, brother of Corlys in his uh in the books he's a nephew not a big difference really uh, so he's I going to not a big difference but i think a significant one in the show in that it does give a lot more meaning to this either right? way like, not either... not big as in it matters but big as in i like it more <laughs> okay yeah either way he's jumping yeah. over bela and reina so either way he's kind of usurping someone yeah uh, yeah that's true he is yeah. jumping over bela and reyna unless he doesn't really care about female succession which is valid and, uh and, and second sons have been such a theme in this yeah, that's true. Season. seizing you know the kind yeah, of yeah. The, the jealousy the uh, the feelings that's of true. being cast aside of not you know obviously it's not that it's not that bad being a second son but the the, the gap in terms of uh, prestige and yeah. material wealth is is immense and um and i and to Shai's point, I think for me, I, I I do like this change because it you you kind of understand inherently what Veyman's problem is because of all the second son talk that we've already seen between you know uh, with Damon and with Corliss talking about similar uh, subjects with Damon and, and you you kind of get it. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and it also sets up and of course this won't end. Assuming they keep it similar to the books, they'll have Veyman's descendants will continue to press this issue. Veyman himself. Master of complaints will complain most fiercely as a nice setup, make him the master of complaints <laughs> for this moment. Uh, he's going to be, I guess, pop up in this episode, uh, maybe to, maybe to help set up the next episode, because that should be episode eight where he makes his move. Cause I guess Coralise will get sick, maybe like in the books, and then he won't actually die. Uh, yeah, so. I think it's worth noting. I mean, like again, this is Lena's. This is Lena's uncle. When we see her yeah. at the wedding feast, that's who she's sitting with at dinner. Like yeah, they probably true. were 
not not close like they it seems like they knew each other well enough to have a nice conversation so this means something to Vaymond too i guess is what i wonder I mean. if, yeah i wonder if he was like a damon where he was like angling to marry her oh he's my like, god i want to marry my my <laughs> my niece <to laughs> i think he's got a wife and kids is what it seems that he yeah, has his, his uh, right. brood of children already at yeah, least yeah he's too old to be unmarried i <laughs> <Yeah>. think yeah <laughs> you mentioned viserys coming down hard saying i'm gonna i'm gonna have some tongues ripped out I think one of the uh, changes from the books that, you know, I've enjoyed uh, pretty much all of them, but I love the, uh, the additional context when Patty Considine is doing such a great job because, you know, in the, in the source material, it's like Viserys is weak. He's a weak guy, but Patty brings, there's a real generosity. Like he's trying. Viserys is a nice guy. He, ca- he cares about collaboration. He's trying to get other, uh, as many viewpoints as he can. Unfortunately, it, it does present as weak at times. And I think, this is one of those times where I felt like, okay, Viserys, but now you got to rip the tongues out. Now you got to do it. <laughs> you got to actually do it. Like <laughs> some people have to actually lose their tongues now, or else we're just gonna have this war. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess we'll get that in episode eight, maybe. I don't know if yeah. they're gonna do that, but yeah. I feel like he's gonna pull some tongues out. Yeah. So we'll have more tongue pulling. Let's see. We've already gotten a little bit of that <laughs> with Var- with Laris, so and now we we yeah. go a little farther with that. <laughs> Uh, in the, in the books, there's a lot of dragons at Driftmark. And according to some things we've heard there, we're going to see a lot of them. I'm, I'm, I guess that's going to be something they kept secret from the trailers. Don't give much hint to that. The only thing you really see is, is Vagar, which we know Mm -hmm. is a big part of this, but there's apparently going to be other dragons that we get to see, which is pretty exciting uh, because there's some we have yet to see. We haven't seen Sunfire or... Arax or uh, who else haven't we seen? There's a few others, but we haven't seen uh, Moondancer. Oh yeah, Moondancer, of course. Vela's dragon, notably. She has been referenced, but we haven't seen her yet. And uh, yeah, so that's pretty interesting. And there's a quote from Fire and Blood. It says, "So many dragons were present that Septon Eustace wrote that Driftmark had become the new Valyria." Yeah, that's a great quote, and that is what we're hoping to see. (laughs) The second age of dragons. Viserys kind of like getting a preview of what he wanted, sort of. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Sunfire is known to be a particularly <laughs> glorious-looking dragon, so I think there's a lot of hype over seeing Sunfire in particular. Are we definitely going to see Sunfire? Do we know for sure? Is uh... Yeah, that, that's what people are saying, is that cool. we're going to see Sunfire. Uh, yeah, so. that's exciting. That's exciting. It's so interesting to think about how like every sh- second of dragon is an investment for the studio. It's like $12 million or something. Yeah, some of it's a ridiculous figure. Yeah, yeah. like that. No, that's on fire. That dragon better look good because you know, yeah. <laughs> that's what, what it cost. Let's take a few questions here. We've got a nice little buildup, so we should get to them before they really pile up. Maura Lee says, just a show of love and appreciation for all the fabulous content, interviews, and live streams. Laris reminds me of a combination of Virus, Littlefinger, and Euron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really does. He really yeah. does. He's got that the the skin slaying of Euron, the mm-hmm. uh, going for the woman maybe thing with Littlefinger and the the like I'm not no one notices me kind of thing and the, of course the name and the the little birds or little bugs in his case yeah. for Vars and the, yeah so what are some other any other uh, 
basic comparisons that you see that fit between those three? Because I really think that's a, a good way to put it. Like he has a lot of the qualities of would, some of the top master whisper types we've seen. For Varys, yeah. I would also compare Varys being a eunuch with Laris having a club foot and that okay. it's a thing that people underestimate about him. Not yeah, in that they're a, like a reason the same thing, but to underestimate yeah, a reason to him. underestimate them. Exactly. Mm, and I guess point. Littlefinger also being like a more a smaller, more petite man, you know, he has, he has yeah. a little bit of that as well. That's a good point. Yeah. I, yeah. I said it earlier, but I think that they're, you know, he's like a, dark reflection of Tyrion in a lot of oh, yeah. the way Tyrion oh, yeah. might have gone yeah. had Tyrion allowed the kind of bad things that uh, had happened to him to really kind of internalize if he acted on some uh, of his darker thoughts clear- yeah <laughs> yeah which clearly Laris has has done yeah both very brilliant men who understand how power is wielded uh, Laris going about it in a much different way. He's a lot more amoral. Yeah, Tyrion has scruples. Yeah. <laughs> Tyrion yeah. has some compassion. Yeah. Maybe not as much as he could have, but way more than Laris. Uh, Karina Strick sends a super chat from New Zealand to Hey You Sticker. Thanks for the love from way down there. We appreciate that, Karina. Uh, Brandilyn Price says, Damon might be a dreamer. He isn't sleeping, drinking a lot, and he's reading a ton about his family history. It makes you think Rainier is going to show him the dagger and tell him about the prophecy. That last bit's what, uh, something we've, we've talked about briefly on and on, on and off. And yeah, I wonder about that a lot because one thing that I think it was Sean that pointed this out. Either way, it's a good take that it might make Damon feel a little betrayed by his brother to find out that his, that Viserys didn't trust him yeah. with his secret. What do you think about that, Jason? Yeah, I think that that, uh, being understanding that one of the things that the primary thing that drives Damon, I think, is just wanting that attention from his brother all the time, wanting to be close to him, doing things to act out so that his brother would have to, to talk to him and communicate with him and have him around and being mad that he sent him away, etc. I, I think he would have feelings about not being taken into his confidence about the dagger if indeed he finds out about it. And regarding him being a dreamer, Again, back to that, the the back to the idea that the dreams may happen, but how do you know that they're significant? I wonder mm. if Damon is a dreamer, would he even take the things that he is being shown or that happen in his dreams or that he's thinking about? Would he even take them seriously in that way? Is he I'm stubborn sure. enough for that? Or yeah, he might not be. Yeah. yeah. The the quote that someone pointed out last week that was really illuminating in that regard is how he drinks himself. He wants a few hours of oblivion, which yeah. that sounds like. Daron the drunkard, for example, uh, or <laughs> someone like that, like a milder version of that. Like Damon is a lot stronger, has more mental fortitude, I think. But he may just yeah. also may have milder dreams if he does have them at all. Yeah, I guess like two thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. One, I feel like Damon would bring it up, to, like bring up his dreams to Viserys if he was having mm-hmm. them, right? Like I, I don't know if you, I, I, I it feels like Damon knows that Viserys has dreams. So if he knows that, wouldn't he in turn bring it up to his brothers? That's my question there. Mm. Joe Magician um, points out um, the line from the trailer where Damon says, dreams didn't make us kings, dragons did, um, as an idea that maybe that's Damon saying that in response to learning about Aegon's dream. Oh, yeah, maybe. That's a good point. Maybe he's pushing back, which would be evidence that he would downplay his own dreams if he's having them, just to kind of... That's a really fascinating idea. Yeah, Yeah, that's interesting. I do think that that is that quote maybe in this episode. We know um, for sure. No, we don't know when that'll be. I just just know that... I mean, we're running out of time for it. It's in the trailer. I, I I would guess it was towards... 
the end of the season. It could be a little later. Yeah. Maybe he hasn't, maybe he doesn't told her yet or maybe she hasn't told him yet, but she will tell him like next episode or the episode after. That's a great call. Yeah. Yeah. I I was kind of guessing that Rhaenyra would tell Damon after Viserys died. I I don't know. Like that was just, I realized now that was my assumption, but I don't really know where I was coming from. She could, she could maybe tell him as she's telling her kids or one of her kids, maybe like, yeah, 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 that's true. Because she might tell Jace at some point, maybe tells both Jace and Luke. I think Joffrey's still too young for that, but. But yeah, I mean, I do for sure think she'll tell Jace. I don't know that I think she'll tell Luke too, because I think it is, it has been told to her very much as like a you tell the heir type of thing. Yeah. Right. Not you tell all your kids. Though I think you should tell all your kids, but that isn't how it was told to her. Yeah. I wonder if, my sense is no, but I wonder if Alicent ever comes into contact with the prophecy. Yeah. In any kind of way. And if, and how. If at all, Aegon too would would learn about it. If indeed he does, that is a great question. Yeah, we wondered about that too. It seems like Viserys is not told. He's because he's just like, nope, my heir is Rhaenyra. She's got kids. There's no right. need to to put this on the other part of my family. He's been very very strong about this yeah. the entire time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick Spanadakis says, folks, I sent that Werewood Dragon on Twitter. Oh, I missed it somehow. We'll check that out. Appreciate that, Nick. He drew us a uh, or made a fantastic. Werewood dragon. And of course, you can imagine the colors with the <laughs> werewood dragoning going on there. Really cool. Blood we, Raven's dragon. Blood Raven's <laughs> dragon. If Blood yeah. Raven had a dragon, that's what it would look like. Well, we appreciate that, Nick. We'll check that out as soon as the stream is over and share it around. Uh, Nancy Groth says, this is us did time jumps both ways. Multiple cast, right. the main characters, and we recognize multiple. Okay, good call. I haven't seen that show, that's but right. I, I hear good things about it. <laughs> TK OK Podcast Network sends a super chat. Says question for Jason: NBA oh, player God. comps for major hot D players: Damon, Rainier, <laughs> Allison, Kristen, and Viserys. You got any, anything? Anyone come to mind for any or all of those characters? <laughs> oh gosh, uh, Damon would be kind of like. Oh man, is Damon Kyrie Irving? <laughs> Wait, wow, yeah, you know, you know that's a good one. Extremely, <laughs> extremely talented. <laughs> Uh, Crazy, you know, yeah. in terms of <laughs> offensively, an incredible, an incredible player. Nobody will want to mess with uh, Kyrie Irving on the court, but like uh, coming at things from a an angle that nobody uh, really expects, <laughs> and nobody is. It's it would be very hard to put your trust in uh, a person <laughs> like Kyrie similar to Damon. Um, gosh, Rhaenyra is a good one. NBA player comps for Rhaenyra. Uh, you know, here's the thing about Rhaenyra. I don't know that we've seen – we've had flashes, right? We saw her at the small council chamber, I, I think, giving pretty wise counsel regarding the kind of continuing feud between the Blackwoods and, uh, and the Brackens when that comes up, when that issue comes up. We haven't really – we don't have a feel for her as a ruler. I think we have a good feel for her as a person. So it's hard, it's, hard to, it's hard to do a comp for her yet because while I think she's grown into her responsibility, she's also – in a in a in a particular place where she's one not getting I think Viserys could be supporting her more. He's been pretty outspoken, but he could he could be doing more, I think. Mm. And she's also kind of isolated at court. You know, Lenor is doing his own thing. She doesn't really have any allies, not certainly not the same way that Allison does. She doesn't have a I guess Harwin, but like RIP. Yeah. And so you know, it's hard to know how she plays the game at this point. That's what I would say. That's about a good that. point. Do you yeah. disagree? No, I think that's a fair point. Yeah, we've only seen. I mean, 
we some of us <laughs> have only seen one episode of Adult yeah. Rainier. So yeah, she is more of a take charge commander type. Like she might be like the the team captain, or uh, maybe someone who plays with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, um, but also is very proud. Uh, you know, you know, what I think of Allison is like. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Uh, my my just no, no, quick no, idea for Kristen was what's someone who hates his old team. <laughs> switch teams and really hates his old team <laughs> like he feels betrayed by the team he used to play for the team he came up with and he hates them now that's that's the only thing i've got for him <laughs> i mean i was thinking kind of like pat beverly who now plays on the lakers but had a notable feud with russell westbrook who he now has to play with for a long time <laughs> you know Kristen, uh, <laughs> as an outspoken person who was often taking shots at his old team i think pat beverly pre this season uh would remind me of somewhat of of nice. the the unhinged Kristen Cole. You can feel it's interesting too to watch him after the time jump and you can really feel the kind of psycho Kristen Cole coming out, yeah. you know? That's good acting by Fabian Frankel because like you you do rewatch the first few episodes and he has this, this gentler more puppy dog look yeah. to him and then like he's more like the bulldog kind of look in the later it's episodes angry, like, yeah. he just like yeah has his furrow yeah. brow he just looks severe and sour and toxic and <laughs> yeah, he, 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 a good job by fabian frankel for sure yeah Absolutely just showing that demeanor it's hard to like permit project a whole different demeanor like all the time yeah that's that's a big deal um, the Saris would be like uh like like Jerry Sloan or uh, <laughs> I'm not Greg Popovich, but like Jerry, like an older a coach who maybe hung on for a little too long <laughs> and was not as effective in the in the later years. <laughs> that makes sense. I like it. I like it. All right, let's move to King's Landing. I wonder. I figure we got to have some shots at King's Landing. We have Otto's return. I don't suppose the first time we'll see Otto will be at the funeral. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's this great uh, bit in Fire and Blood where. Viserys almost names Rhaenyra as his hand because that would make sense to prepare her for the rule. We've seen lots of times yeah. where the hand of the king is the heir. There's several examples of that. But he doesn't because of the acrimony between the blacks and greens. And there's this other quote about his health here. Um, I'll read it. His grace had reached the age of three and 40 and had grown quite stout. He no longer had a young man's vigor and was afflicted by gout. Hey, that rhymes. <laughs> Aching joints, back pain, and a tightness in the chest that came and went and off left him red-faced and short of breath and unable to rest. No, I added that last yeah. bit so it would rhyme too. But um, so they, they've obviously accelerated that a bit for the show to great effect for the storytelling. It works really well. But it shows how it's easier to get things past him. He's just tired. He doesn't care. Because that's, that's, that's yeah. a good way, like a really simple way to describe his his particular brand of misrule. It's not what he does. It's what he doesn't do. Yeah. Right? Exactly. <laughs> He's yeah. just too lax. He's too lenient. So, But the the the, the worse his health gets, the, the more lenient he is because you see Allison, like last episode, like, okay, his grace needs to rest now. And he's <laughs> like... Yeah, I do. You know? <laughs> I do need to rest. Yeah, yeah. It's easy to kind of ship um, him around and, and do that, yeah. A, a, an X-ray vision listener named Nathan pointed uh, emailed me with a great point that uh, Grandmaster Melos doesn't get the appropriate props for keeping Viserys alive. We all <laughs> he got a lot of criticism in being like, "Well, uh, poultice or leeches? I'm going to go with the leeches." It's like uh, as some people thought, "Oh, is he is he perhaps conspiring against the king? Like, is he in on some kind of plot?" How about a little bit of 
of praise for keeping the king alive <laughs> 10 years when it really didn't seem like it was going to really happen. Really Viserys didn't. was looking pretty, pretty rough. He, he actually looks uh, a little better now, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he has more energy. He's enjoying the, uh, the, you know, the training down in the yard. This, <laughs> this is the stuff. Happier. And, this is the stuff, isn't it, Lionel? Uh, <laughs> uh, so shouts to Grandmaster Bellows. He's doing a good, he's doing a better job than people are giving him credit. There is a great, yeah, that, that's a fair point. Uh, I mean, Maybe. I mean, although yeah, yeah. we pointed out that in this time, it's no longer Mellows in charge. It's Orwell. So, yeah. at well, some point, it's switched. I guess like the, the laying the track that allowed him to get. Here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we're gonna. It looks like we are going to get Girardis too. And we're wondering if there was going to be a Girardis and an Orwell. But you can see from shots of what are probably episode ten, maybe episode nine. Yep. There's the scene where they're gathering the Black Council, and there's a there's a a white maester standing there and obviously Orwell is not white so that that kind of gives it away that's a different maester clearly assuming presumably that's Gerardus uh poor Gerardus will one day be eaten by sunfire so that's not great <laughs> just like uh just like Rainier herself so <laughs> I mean there's gonna be a lot of uh there's gonna be a lot of casualties on that uh, small council any advisory committee yeah, you can... in the days to come <laughs> there's like 30 people in that room you could like put an arrow over yeah, like, like no. dies 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 yeah. dies like this one survives like there's Bela in the corner she lives you know yeah, no, I'm just picturing after you know some of those uh some of those uh like documentary style movies really like at the end of the movie movie they're like this person did this yeah. <laughs> like in this in this episode when they when they when they've uh when they moved on from some subject and beesbury wakes up and is talking about the previous subject like, yeah. no we've moved on i keep wanting to be like lyman go back to sleep yeah. you're gonna need your rest <laughs> you're gonna need your rest hey maybe lyman's a dreamer he's having dreams right then he's, just like, <laughs> yeah, right, he's yeah, dreaming yeah. that the blackwoods have the upper hand yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we get some of those auto lines from early in the trailers. We play an ugly game. You have the determination to win it. And I wonder, does Otto find out what Laris did? Does Allison tell him? And he's like, well, that's a good thing that we have someone willing to do the dirty work. Or is he like, well, that's surprising, but we can make use of that. Or I, I have no idea. I don't or think just, Otto's going to throw that away because you don't want that on your, you don't want that opposed to you. Just like Allison, we've made that point. I was like, well, yeah. if you don't have him on your side, he's against you. And that's, <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Would Allison tell Otto and would it serve Laris for Otto to know? Because mm, otherwise maybe right. Laris tells Otto or, or has Otto to, like, and Allison maybe wouldn't have shared that information. Well, Allison has clearly not shared uh, what Cole told her mm. about the relationship that he had with Rhaenyra. And that is a bit of wisdom and, and subtleness that, uh, you know, that Alicent shown herself capable That's of. True. And I wonder if going forward, she would not do the same thing with, with regards to Larry's. Yeah. And I wonder what Larius will be doing at Driftmark. This is not a place he normally would have access to. I wonder if he's going to be greasing some palms, or maybe he already does have an mm -hmm. agent or two there. Got to oh. think that he won't be idle. I wonder. I don't. I don't pin any of the murders that we expect on is, him, but I also don't know what the big surprise is. So maybe. <laughs> also, is it not? Should he not be at a funeral? closer to home should he not <laughs> maybe that would already happen you know what i mean like why yeah, is he uh, 
should he not be in a state of mourning that uh, theoretically oh, would he, preclude him from? Sh- but he can't be wearing black, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I guess Allison does wear black in this one yeah, too. Yeah. But yeah, still, <laughs> she doesn't dress her kids in black, though. No, she doesn't. They always wear yeah, green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't really have black as like a color of, of mourning in general. I, I, is my understanding yeah. in the series? Do we like they don't really uh, ever? I mean, Rainey's is dressed in black. She is dressed in black, yeah. but we. I all, guess you're like, right. That's a like. Real tradition. world thing. We yeah. also had Rhaenyra yeah, yeah, yeah. in a white dress at the wedding, but, but that I also, wasn't the actual yeah. wedding, though. That was the. Yeah, there was the wedding. Fe- you're it right. Became it became the wedding. It became the wedding, but it wasn't meant to be her wedding. She may have so been like, married in her house colors. I don't know. Yeah. So if it, yeah, yeah. If that had gone the way they intended. I don't know. Yeah, but, but you're yeah, right. Still. So they have had her in white, and they have people in black here, but not everyone is in black here. I mean, we saw even Vaymond mm-hmm. in his like orangey colored tunic and all that. So I think it's just a coincidence when someone's in. Now, I didn't prepare this one, Ashea. Do you, this is kind of something I noticed right before. I don't know if you have the photo ready or not. Oh, yeah. There, kind there's of Rainier. Black, that is a little really. navy blue. You're right. Navy. No, that's navy that's blue. Navy you're blue. right. Blue. I thought it was black, black, but I think the girls are in black, but yeah, you're right. That's navy blue. So, which is, yeah, their, their house colors are blue. So they just go with a darker blue for morning. Mm-hmm. Um, does Aegon look like he's grinning a little bit during this funeral? <laughs> like his hair kind of hides it, but there's a, the, the scene when the, the, the car- sarcophagus is dropping in the water and they're saying the words it kind of looks like he's almost grinning but i can't tell because of his hair and i'm like whoa that kid <laughs> he is yeah. he's a uh, he's he's not the best yeah look at him there is he grinning or is he just kind of like just, i think he's sad I think okay he's upset. Uh, i mean not, I that, he, he, not, not that he really knew reyna but i mean he I, he actually probably did know lena a little bit maybe yeah. like i i would guess that he had met her because they hadn't moved to Essos yet and he's the oldest of them like not that I expect him to have a close relationship but anyways I don't think he looks happy I, I think he just looks upset there's people in the chat saying other examples of people wearing black Sansa wore black and a- Emma's funeral was all black so oh. okay alright so maybe yeah, there so is they, they, maybe they just wear dark colors I don't know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. another quote from Otto says I promise you in time you and I together will prevail. I assume he's talking to Allison. Like, there's Lars. Yeah, he's, he's got to be doing something on Driftmark, right? Like, he's yeah, not just. He's gotta be doing <laughs> he doesn't just show up for no reason. Yeah. yeah he, he will be doing. He's giving that nod, like, hmm. Yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. Yes. And also, you know, now as Lord of Hall, it's like you want to take the new car for a, for a spin, right? You, you, <laughs> for the new burned castle. It's, yeah. it's a big, a big <laughs> gathering, and you want to show up for the first time as a Lord of Harrenhal. That's true. He's fancier he's... now. He's higher up. Yeah. yeah. Maybe the people will look at him a little differently now that he's a lord. I, I yeah. wonder if that matters to him. Like now, if they look, if, will they look at me differently now that I'm the Lord of Harrenhal? Yeah. Or um, yeah. I mean, they will look at him differently as a Lord of Harrenhal. I mean, one question I have is. This is a weird one for the spoiler topic. It's really something I should bring up in a non-spoiler one, but is the idea of Laris getting married. He's now the Lord of Harrenhal. You would think in a normal mm. world he would get married. We obviously know he doesn't get married in the book or anything, but if I'm speculating on a Monday stream with Sean, I'm pretty sure Sean's going to be like, well... When's Laurie's gonna have a bride? But yeah. I don't like we won't see it. But we wouldn't have an answer for him. He's like, yeah, I don't know why he's not getting married. Uh, he yeah. talks about that whole thing. Well, I guess part of it they set it up with that whole thing about having children. He's like, well, children are a weakness. Yeah, yeah, that's true. maybe yeah. that's maybe that's set up for that or explanation for that. In, in retrospect, that works pretty well. I hadn't thought about it in that light at first. Yeah. Well, well, part of this, I wonder if if part of that is not why. The, our fictional historians are, are so confused by Larry's. They're like, what? You know what? 
not a family man, never, never married, didn't seem interested. Like, I, I wonder if that is not part of the reason that there's every time his name comes up, you often see people will be debating what motivated uh, Lara Strong for generations. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if this is not part of it. Joe Magician he says doesn't seem to have that interest. He's only got one woman he wants to marry. Yeah. Allison, right? <laughs> Alicat. Cattison. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that was Catlin something vibes. that came up. Keep, 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 keep dreaming. The red hair again. Yeah. <laughs> that was something that came yeah, up on dreaming. Monday's stream was the idea of like Allison getting remarried after Viserys dies. And obviously again, as book readers, doesn't happen in Fire and Blood. I had never even considered the idea of her getting remarried afterwards. And yes, a lot of dowager queens wouldn't get remarried because that's it how they have their, their has their station. They used to be queen dowager, of, yeah, yeah. But lots of queen dowagers do get remarried, so I do yep. expect that that will be a a, a common theory for show only people once Viserys dies is who's Allison yeah. gonna marry like I think that will be on people's minds maybe maybe we'll get a scene where Laris floats the idea yeah um I mean <laughs> I she'll yeah. say no if that happens but uh yeah. <laughs> yeah and I wonder if we'll see him like promoted to official master or whispers rather than just mm -hmm. Allison's spy master or whatever you yeah, know, give this title. man a ball give, yeah give this man a <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of his quorum ball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder. I'm like, I'm picturing his just has like also ball. has the firefly on it or something. I'm like, what's <laughs> oh, his gonna look like? Ball, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, when are they gonna start selling these 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 balls? The balls. I know. Yeah, I, I want balls? them. I need a collection of. They them. sell everything like, else. Yeah, they sell everything. Yeah. I need yeah, yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I really. What I desperately want is for them to sell them as track balls. Because yeah. as you can see, we've showed up. <laughs> we eat your track balls. Ball fans, and I would love to just like switch out my trackball with a custom one. When I, I go through one of these mice about every year and a half, I, I have like always have a spare, but I always save the trackball. I have like a like a container full of old trackballs. So oh, you have, know, like, we could we could decorate our own. We could make our own history of Westeros <laughs> balls using the trackballs. It's actually not a bad idea. I might look into the idea of uh, yeah, decorated trackballs. Do they? Do they <laughs> Do they have the stonemasons make a new ball every time a new person joins, or do you just get assigned the previous person's ball? I think it's a little <laughs> both. Like, I think it's a little bit right. of both because Allison has Otto's ball. <laughs> She's got so a so, one. So does Thailand Lannister have Corliss's ball, or did <laughs> Corliss so. take his ball and leave? <laughs> Yeah, did he when he walked out? Did he forget? He's like, damn it, I forgot my ball. I walked out without my ball. Damn it. That is a good call, though. I am gonna have to look and see if Tylen's ball is in fact the same as Corey's ball. Is it a master of coin ball? Yeah, or has he got a nice red and gold, crimson and gold one? You know, Lannister's got to have his fancy. Yeah, because custom ball, right? A gold ball, little lion on it. Stint when you're a Lannister. Yeah, clearly there isn't just one hand of the king ball because that was Otto's. Hightower ball, which then switched to the, the Master of Laws. Like, what does Jasper Wilde's ball look like? like <laughs> oh. it's iron. It's an iron it's an ball. Iron ball. <laughs> it, it's a hard, hard, solid iron ball. It can hardly lift it. It's like <gasps> he's always at council. He just <laughs> he just leaves it there. Ah. Uh, so there's a big time jump coming up. Not as big as the first one, but just like we did, just like the last one, we were able to figure out what's going to happen in this episode based on that it can't happen after the time jump. It's got to happen before the time jump. So let's go to talk about some of those things that just have to happen. 
Damon and Rainier get married. That's going to be this episode, y'all. That is... Uh, that we there we go. This scene was in the early trailers, like the first trailers we ever saw had this moment. So we were all like, book readers were like, okay, that's their marriage. They got blood. They're clasping hands with the blood coming out, like doing a Valyrian marriage. Like so this blood is not on their a... lips too. Oh, there's blood on their lips too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. Okay. Well, so there's they're being wed in blood and fire. Mm-hmm. There's a quote from this episode where she says, "What is it? Fire is such a strange power." I wonder if that's related to prophecy stuff or to the marriage or both. That's an interesting one. I guess y'all can't comment on that. <laughs> y'all know already what that is. I'll throw that out for the listeners. Uh, so with that, um, you'll get that beach walk from the early trailers. We see them together. You, you put one of those up. There's also one of them at night having mm. a beach walk. So I guess there might oh, be yeah. two beach walks. Well, I, I think or maybe this, one of them is later. I think they just color graded it to be a nighttime scene oh. properly. And this yeah. is part of the promo shot. So it looks all nice and light, but actually this is a nighttime walk. Okay. Um, is my here. Here's the shot of that. It's the same shot. Um, and they're in the same outfit or whatever. So you can almost see how Damon is, is weaseling his way in, maybe weaseling, worming, worm with the Y. He's worming his way in mm-hmm. uh, by in the one scene. There's the shot that seems to be related to the Strong's dagger fallout because Jason Luke look a little beat up where he's standing protectively with Jason Luke between him and Rhaenyra. And it's like mm. Mm, he's positioning himself as the. As their stepdad, isn't he? He's like, yeah, these. I'll take. I'll help take care of these two. These are these are my blood, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean that that makes sense. So, uh, but also Aegon the Second and Helena have to get married. That's got to be this episode, right? Like that is maybe in response. Does it have to be this episode? Really? Like, well, I, they have to have their kids. Well, I mean, I still feel like they could. Oh, they could happen during the time. Get show. married and have the yeah. kids. Like, You're if right. we're already thinking they have to have the yeah. kids, that that is so. Like, I don't think it has to be this episode. I think it will because of the line Allison says. There's a line from the trailers. I forget which trailer it is. I think it's the um the rest of the season trailer like that the they put out. Ahead, the weeks ahead trailer. Yeah. It says. Allison appears to be on one knee, like she's petitioning Viserys, saying, let the people remember the ancient strength of House Targaryen, which to me says, let's marry our son and our daughter. So it could be, I mean, it could be that the marriage is agreed to or proposed, but we don't see them get married. Oh, yeah. I'm not assuming we see the marriage, okay. but just the the, I, the notion that it's going to happen so that the, when when... Jahara, Jaharis, and Maylor are just there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have, you know, it's not completely random to people. Um, it, it could be in response to Damon and Rhaenyra getting married. Like they yeah. find that out and they're like, oh, I, and I guess Allison freaks out a little more. And I guess my other question is do Jaharis, Jahara, and Maylor have to have been born in the next time jump? How important is their age? Are, are their ages in relation to other people? Because oh, yeah. they're not with, how riders they, yeah. with how they've switched things around, they could just be born in the next I, I i i don't know how important that is well there aren't any more time jumps i think, I think okay you're right, right you're i think right. this i think this speaks to our previous uh, uh question the thing we were wondering about which was uh blood and cheese i mm. wonder mm-hmm. yeah if, uh, i wonder when that happens and I, I think that you know my sense is if it's if we're thinking season two then it's maybe not that important. So but, uh, let me yeah. let me just throw something out here for the listeners, not to interrupt you, Jason, but just to interject. Jason has not seen episode ten. I know some of y'all think that ever that both of my uh, yeah. friends here are spoiled, but they don't know everything about episode ten. So Jason isn't being cagey here. He doesn't know. Yeah, I've not <laughs> yeah. seen it. Yeah. yeah. 
here. Legit does not know. <laughs> so yeah, so that we are just guessing on that one. Um, so yeah, so that's pretty significant. The, the whether it's going to be something they react to and say, okay, they they're getting married, right. we have to react to that. And Viserys should be in a bad mood about that. He should be angry about that uh, if it's similar to Fire and Blood, which will make him will make Allison's suggestion maybe more likely to pass. Well, we know it passes. We know it happens. So that maybe is the setup for it. Um, any other thoughts on what might go on and go down at Dragonstone or how this happens um, or any fallout, any reaction to it that is, is relevant or worth mentioning? You said at Dragonstone, but at Driftmark. Oh, at Driftmark. They get married at. I was saying yeah. where they get married at Driftmark. Oh. I, I'm guessing they go back to Dragonstone and get married. Yeah, I would, I would guess they get married at home on Dragonstone as well. But that's a good point. Yeah. That, that's not for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Not sure. Well, I, just, to, just the broader... You wonder how people will react because, you know, Damon had taken himself out of consideration basically by being such a wild card and had, was obviously viewed as a, a threat who Otto and many others were constantly concerned about. The, the, the strength and power he was gathering, the leader of the City Watch, the fact that he could move throughout the Red Keep and seemingly all around the city, despite being one of the most famous and recognizable figures in the entire realm. He could move secretly through places. He could steal the egg. And no one could figure out how he was doing this. And, you know, we saw him listening to uh, various deliberations over the course of the series. So I think this, I wonder how people will react because mm -hmm. Rhaenyra already has a lot of enemies. Damon already had so many enemies that he that the realm seemingly would have reacted very strongly had he been the heir and so this is going to be seen you would imagine as a very very threatening union very threatening yeah, yeah. i agree because especially because damon's been angling for her all season there's so much that's one thing i really yeah. looked for when i re like i said earlier i rewatched the show with my mom there's so many so much setup for this, like from Alice or yeah. from Rhaenyra. The first shot of episode four is Rhaenyra touching her necklace that he gave her, and at her wedding, she's got the triple loop that matches the 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 the, the, the necklace, and then Damon fondles the necklace a few times, and yeah, the way he puts it on her in, in the first episode, the first scene he's in, yeah, it's all just it's like he was claiming her then, or or, set, or at least making his intentions known, and then he gets pushed back on repeatedly, but now he's he's just gonna. Do it and ask for forgiveness. It's the old thing. Well, like, well, they can't stop me. Yeah. I'm going to do it and then it'll be done. You know, weddings aren't, you can't back out of marriages in yeah. Westeros very easily, <laughs> Cons especially consummated ones. <laughs> you know, so you were asking about um, how people will take the Damon Rhaenyra marriage. We were talking about Alicent, but I mean, my question is how Corlys and Rhaenys will take <laughs> this marriage, yeah. you know, and, and how little Boy. Bela and Reyna will take having a new stepmother and how Rhaenyra will be as a stepmother as someone who's had a contentious relationship with her own stepmother i have to feel mm -hmm. like she might try to, to be a good a good mother to to these two girls i hope that that is my hope is to see some some good scenes of bonding within this family yeah. unit not this episode but in the next episode do we think reyna is going to be around or is she going to be reyna of pentos i think they set that up because reyna is going to be in this episode for sure but i think long term she may not be around like we don't see her at the black council scene we do we, we do she, oh, we she's do? there bela and reyna are there oh, at, with her i only um, saw bela oh i saw yeah. one and so i assumed it was bela yeah, both okay. bela and reyna are, are with rhaenyra and everyone um on dragonstone at the black council shot that we've seen 
Because I thought that was set up for her when she said that kind of ironic line. She's like, are they going to kick me out? And and, ba- and Lane is like, what do you mean kick you out? And she's like, I don't have a dragon. They said they're letting you stay because you have dragons. And and Reyna becomes Reyna of Pentos in the books because she stays at Pentos so long. She's the one that actually stays there the longest rather than being kicked out, which, yeah. of course, that was never going to happen anyway. Yeah, I mean, and obviously she goes to the Vale in the book. Um, and has, has a very idyllic life. Yeah, yeah. and so <laughs> yeah. I am hoping that we do see some of her time in the veil i think they can dramatize it a bit but i think that it would be good to have a change of pace in 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 throughout this the series you know to not always just have these really intense scenes but sometimes have like oh here's this girl who's being uh like has all these suitors coming for her in the veil like and here she's trying to hatch a drag i don't know i feel like there's room to do something interesting with Reyna, even though she's pretty much off screen for most of it. Yeah. Um, but I don't expect them to just like write her off and just to not see her. So I expect them to give her something to do. Yeah. Especially if he's there in that scene. Yeah. That That's a, that's notable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple other important bursts that happened during this time. Gaiman Palehair should be born during the six-year jump, presuming they keep that similar. Lorian Lannister, the son of Jason, who becomes Lord after Jason dies in the Riverlands, presuming assuming that still happens. And Felina Stokeworth, who isn't super relevant to Dance of the Dragons, but super interesting character because that's the, that's the woman who Aegon the Fourth will lose her his virginity to. And Aegon the Fourth, let's not forget, that's Rhaenyra's grandson. <laughs> the Aegon the Unworthy is Rhaenyra's grandson. And Felena will go on to pimp her own daughter as Aegon the Fourth's lover like a decade later. So she'll be her his lover and then her daughter will be his lover. And it's very weird. And of course, some people think that maybe she he's that's his own daughter. Like she's he's the father as well. <laughs> so eh, the Targaryens do have queer customs, as Allison said. Yeah, he is uh, introducing Aegon the Fourth to something that he will end up really liking <laughs> and really enjoying doing. <laughs> he's like, mm, I do. This is great. I got to do this. This like, is great. I'll, I'm going to continue to do this <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a whole lot. Yeah, a whole lot, <laughs> an absurd amount. So, uh, yeah. So the death of Lainor. Let's talk about that a little more. Uh, poor Coralise and Rainies. Yeah, just brutal. Uh, in the books, they at least get a few months in between these deaths, but it looks like it's going right. to be just back to back here in this episode because it's it's still realistically is a few months because probably the time it takes for Damon to set, like move from Pentos back to Driftmark. Probably a little bit of time has passed. There I might suppose. be. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, and not yeah. that that's much of a difference, but it was. It's not just. I mean, although. When when Damon flies, like, does Damon have to? F- How does Damon travel from Pentos to Driftmark? Is my question with his daughters. Like, do they f- sail by ship? Uh, I think maybe, but he might. Maybe they he strap dragon, on. Maybe like, they can strap dragon, on the like, dragon, but they have to bring, they have they have to bring moon dancer. Exactly, they have to bring moon yeah, dancer. Bring Probably so, like, ship. Then yeah. anyway, that's just random yeah. aside question, but. There's a note in the book about how at one point he brings Vagar without Lena. Lena goes by ship and Vagar just follows. So there's mm. there must be some way for mm-hmm. them to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. She can. And we've we've seen them give commands. So maybe there's a yeah. command for follow yeah. or something like that. Uh, yeah. So yeah, who knows? But I, I'm sure they can work that out. Um. So a few other things here. There's a shot of Coralise and Rainey's looking surprised while in their pajamas, and this could be discovering Lenor's death or something else that happens at night. It could be the related to the we, we thought at first it was related to the Vagar thing, but apparently there's different is it are they in different clothes? Yeah, they're in they're different two different clothes. like surprised. You see, mm. Rainey's is in her regular gown and her her hair is down with Bela and Reyna Reyna. Um 
And then there's another shot of them when they're in um, pajamas. So unless they took the time to change <laughs> and put her hair back, it seems very seem clear likely, to yeah. me that these are two different nighttime disturbances. Like, yeah. damn, we can't get any sleep. <laughs> <laughs> like, why do people keep assassinating my friends in the night at my castle? What the hell? <laughs> yeah. what the hell? Yeah. It's like, I had to what? fire the guards. Yeah, yeah, seriously. So there's a shot of Carl Corey, who in the book is the killer of Lenore, but it's suggested maybe he was paid or encouraged or and, he looks pretty bitter looks pretty angry and, here, and he is of course Lenore's lover um who Rhaenyra um said come on come come with us careful what you wish for yeah uh, we'll need more <laughs> swords she said <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe you didn't need that sword actually but oops <laughs> how could she have known <laughs> yeah I'm not blaming her for that one <laughs> but it does but it is uh yeah it, it is going to be connected somehow we have a shot of Maybe Damon by the docks. This is this is the the kind of robed cowl thing that we see him wear in a few other places, and there's maybe a hint of hair poking out from the side yeah. here. But as you see here, it just it looks like silver hair. Kind silver of. Ha- looks like shoulder length silver hair coming poking out in there. But and again, he's known to wear this his murder cowl. His murder cowl. <laughs> his murder cowl. <laughs> that should be an item in yeah. some RPG. Damon's murder cowl. Yeah. <laughs> it gives you plus five to sneak. Yeah, in the books, Carl Corey is picked up by a ship, escapes on a ship, and is never seen again. But, but it's widely speculated that he was killed, which is why he's never seen again. This yeah. very possibly is related to that whole business affair. And maybe so Damon is involved. It makes sense for Damon to be involved. I mean, he wants Rainier and the only way to get Rainier is to kill Lainor. So then they've already made him the murderer of Rhea, which was just not even really floated in the book, which is fine though, because yeah, like if you're good, I think I made this point elsewhere. If you're really good at conspiracies, if you're really good at pulling off secret plans, the histories will not reflect that. They're not gonna be like, Oh, we, <laughs> we found out that he did. No, no they would never know. <laughs> And we're see- and we're seeing that over the course of this show yeah. is that the historians got a lot wrong. They missed a lot, which raises the here's the thing I want to ask you yeah. because cool. I've been thinking about it. Bail on the Brave, stitch in the side, and then he drops over and he just drops dead. Uh what's up with that? <laughs> it seems weird now, doesn't it? Maybe. I've thought about that in the past. Like I it, it's it's odd. There could be motivation. It's just kind of hard for me to figure what the motivation was. Like why would what, what, yeah, why I mean, why kill him? You know, that's the one part that gets me. Maybe because it sets up the Great Council, but how could they predict that that would happen? You know, I don't know. Mm. I, 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 I agree with you. The motivation seems weird, but now, man, he, everybody loved him. He was, and there is no greater, of course, death sentence in this world than <laughs> he seemed like the perfect ruler. The people <laughs> loved him. <laughs> everybody agreed it should be him. He's a great warrior. <laughs> and that guy will die. Um, but it, it's something I have not been able to stop thinking about uh, since I've been watching the show and just comparing, you know, the historian's versions to the way things actually happen. That's one that strikes me as just a little. It's weird. It is it's a little weird, weird, I guess. And convenient. I, I'm I'm um, I, I remain unconvinced, but I'm very open to it because, of course, it's not one of the things yeah. that you can't write it off. You can't just say no way. There's definitely no poison right. or foul play involved. My problem is that I. I struggle to find the motivation, and for me, that's a problem. Same, you know. I agree. But there, but there's so much historical fog there. There could definitely be motivation. Yeah. It could be Viserys found motivation. Yeah, maybe the sea snake did. He he saw. He predicted that Lainor would be a candidate. Right? Who knows? Like, it's not really his mo that we know. But I don't know. Maybe he's just that sneaky. <laughs> 
Uh, again, historians wouldn't know if someone is that clever and gets away with it. There's no way. There's nothing going to lead to them. It wouldn't, we wouldn't suspect them. So, hmm. um, Damon, what I think is Damon, has a line in this trailer saying, "If you are to be a strong queen, your subjects must fear you." That's such a powerful line because boy, is that a recurring feature of power games and power and styles of rulership in Westeros. It's that same rule by love or by fear. Tywin Lannister yeah. versus Rob Stark versus Daenerys versus Robert versus just different characters viewing this differently. What do you what do you have to say about this, Jason? It's a, it's, it's a classic, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> it's a classic. I'm hoping Rhaenyra doesn't uh, doesn't uh, doesn't go that way. But we'll see. We'll see what she decides to do, uh, yeah. uh, and what her uh, particular definition of a strong queen uh, will be. But yeah, uh, uh, ruling by fear seems like it would be a bad idea for Rhaenyra, and we'll see. Yeah, you know, understanding what happens in the books, it's you know her 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 run of of ruling from King's Landing was marred. The, the books say by her severeness yeah so we'll see her pride her her paranoia which is go- increasing part of it is around her children she's worried about like them yep. getting outed or what's going to happen to them or what else it might do and yeah so i don't know that rule by love is an option for her i think that's what we see a recurring theme is. is some people want if they have the love it's a great thing to use yeah. to leverage to rule through that but if if people don't love you then you just what choice do you have? You can't rule by love. Yeah. Maybe you can do things to be loved, but hire a PR firm. I hire think. a PR firm. <laughs> I mean, I've been saying this the whole time. Why doesn't uh, you know? Why don't the uh, why doesn't the crown have a, a state-sponsored mummers troop that yeah. is out there on the streets doing the 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 crown authorized story of uh, dramatization of like what's happening currently in Westeros. Why do you allow these street groups to be out here spreading spreading vile rumors? You're you're right. That happened to be true, but still are are destabilizing. It's the same thing. It's what, it's not what Viserys does. It's what he doesn't do. He just lets that stuff happen, you know, and his hand doesn't care, I guess. Mm -hmm. Neither his hands have cared about that. I mean, they've like, uh, Lionel was a great hand, but even he seemed blind to such things, I suppose. Or maybe he wasn't, and Viserys just ignored him. Yeah. <laughs> That's entirely possible. Or maybe during Lionel's years, his hand, that performance was not going on in the streets. And uh, maybe he did crack down. Yeah. Like, we, we don't know what yeah. Lionel did. Just, yeah. just, That's a good point. You know, that, was, that was during Otto's reign as hand. Yeah. yeah. There's this line from Rhaenyra that speaks to pride and power rather than ruling by love everything that house targaryen possesses is owed to it that's that's a very haughty thing to say of course we don't know the context for that maybe she's just talking to damon and they're just having a skull session over what to do next <laughs> but it is a little like ooh, that's a pretty severe thing to say there <laughs> like really <laughs> y'all just own everything or what <laughs> it kind of reminds me of you know the conversation she has earlier with Kristen Cole where she's like, do you think that the people are going to accept me as their queen? And he says, well, they're going to, they have no choice. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out that people do have a choice yeah, they and, <laughs> and they kind of do have a choice. They can decide not to do it and to take up swords and to, and to oppose you. So while, you know, you, the, the crown and the, the rulers, the ultimate authority, there needs to be an acknowledgement of how people feel within this system Yeah, or bad things will happen. Right on. I agree with that. Well said. 
Let's look at a few things from last time. Uh, some examples, things that we didn't talk about because they were spoilery, <laughs> they were book stuff, or what have you. Uh, more careful what you wish for. R- because Rhaenyra leaves the capital, that's going to cause her to lose initiative when her father dies. When the Greens will get a jump on things, they're going to know when it happens and react to that. That's a pretty big deal. And uh, But on the other hand, when Rhaenyra goes to taking her family to Dragonstone, that means... Uh, Larger and more dragons, which, of course, is going to lead to things like dragon seeds, which definitely isn't this season, um, but will be really fascinating to see the way they film those scenes, seeing people try to tame dragons and fail and succeed. That's going to be really fun. It's going to be really funny. I think that the dragon seed sequence is going to be very, very funny. I think we'll get Mushroom with his pants on fire. Uh, 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 uh. (laughs) I really do like the idea of just like, for them to just keep throwing dwarves into the background and into different scenes so that people can theorize. Like, it's Mushroom. (laughs) It's like, yes, it is. Yeah. Um, let me ask you: what it, the wisdom of going to Dragonstone? The king could die any day. Seemingly, I understand you feel under threat. You feel isolated. Uh, it's like you don't have a lot of allies at the capital. But if it was me, if I was Rhaenyra, I'd want to stay close. No, do, do, what do you, what do y'all think? I would want to stay close, but I think she's racked with feeling so self conscious and all like like she's under a yeah. like under a magnifying glass under a microscope or whatever. Like I think it's that. It's not rooted in logic for her. Like she says it to Lainor, yeah. like this is the smart thing. But I think no, it's that she feels deeply embarrassed. She feels mortified that like, she yeah. didn't realize like everyone knows. Yeah, she was in denial <laughs> about everyone else's level of denial. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that's that's she was surprised. Very surprised like wow they really all think this? Like she was it, it was the wolf pulled over pulled off her eyes and yeah her reaction like you said i think is embarrassment and thinking that this will stop the whispers the, the less she's around the less they'll whisper about her but that's not true like she's wrong they'll keep talking they might even talk more now that she's not there so yeah i think it's a mistake i think lanor points it out but she uses his own line against him and he's yeah. like well all right then you know <laughs> and yeah, so I think I do think it was a mistake. Um, I don't think it's going to accomplish what she wants it to. Yeah, and there are severe negatives to it that are definitely going to hurt her. Yeah, but it'll make her feel better in the short term. Yeah, you know, like sure. she won't be. Yeah. She won't That's feel true. people whispering about her every time she goes anywhere in the castle. So I, I think it'll be better for her mental state in the short term, and not... for her kids. Like they won't be getting taunted and yeah. teased about it yeah. as much. Like yeah, yeah. I mean. Maybe, be- like, differently better for the kids. Worse in yeah. some ways. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, right. so there's some things that I think they would have been better if they weren't isolated on Dragonstone and if they... Yeah. I- just better in some ways, worse in others. Like Viserys said, having them grow up yeah. together is a good thing. If if they so, somehow get if they get along, which they mostly were getting, right? Along. They were. I mean, you see, right, Lionel, Lionel, like, right, Lionel, yeah, yeah. Lionel. Right, yeah. like, uh, we hope so. What was that? I saw a great <laughs> meme where they're like, oh, yeah. "Isn't this great watching my yeah. grandkids, our grandkids?" What? 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 <laughs> Wait, our grandkids? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, and it was working to a certain extent. I mean, I. 
you see egg like it's such a sweet little moment to me when we're in the, when they're in the dragon pit uh before they play the pink dread prank and yeah. jace is like being told to save dracarys and he turns his head and he looks back at his at his you know he looks at egg yeah. and egg like yeah. give him a nod like go ahead and like <sighs> yeah Aemon is the odd man also out there co- not yeah. not the strong boy. also it's very clear that Aegon was the ringleader of that whole yeah. thing. like there is there's there was a there was a, a social communal life that those kids were enjoying separate from the kind of pressures that are being piled on them by their families and the different factions that their families support like it's clear that all the bullshit aside they did hang out like there was a chance for those kids mm-hmm. at some yeah. at some point and certainly at that point it looked like there was a chance for them yeah Eamon was the one they all made fun of yeah. they all were united <laughs> in making fun of him my, my mom totally nailed that too when she saw him try to go for Dreamfire and fail she's like oh he's gonna get that really big dragon and I was like nice mom <laughs> dang she got that she hasn't read Fire but she has read A Song of Ice and Fire but not Fire and Blood just for reference there Another sad moment, y'all. Vagar and Caraxes play fighting. Foreshadows their real yeah. fighting. Oof. Mm-hmm. Especially because yeah. it's over water to start. Like he's dragging his tail in the water. Like a little little god's yeah. eye foreshadowing there. Ooh, man. Yeah. And he puts his hands up in the air. It's like when he's going to jump to <laughs> over to Eamon's saddle. Like <laughs> next time we see him do that, he's going to have his sword in hand and leap. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wow yeah that is like they do that so well these ah these just nice cool moments that are actually foreshadowing horrible terrible things <laughs> if you don't think about it you'll miss it yeah <laughs> hmm. uh, so yeah so like Amond is really like is a bit of irony here Otto talks about how at the beginning how Damon is we can't let him you know he's like the next Magor it's like your grandson Aemond is a lot more like Magor than Damon is. <laughs> right down to being taunted about your dragon and then going to claim the big one about having no sense of yeah. humor, about being a about being like a little bit psychopathic. He's not as big as Magor, not that's the that's one <laughs> particularly big difference, but still, what do you think about that comp there, uh, Jason? I think that there's a lot of truth to that and a lot of hypocrisy too in that the how fickle the kind of this process can be at times because you know Damon is just is cast aside because of uh, really like how how recent the memories of Magor kind of are and then by this time like if you know we've we're not thinking about that when, with regards to Damon truly no you know like not. that's faded that's faded away but like a lot of the you know the people who are around maybe have some living memory or their or their parents would have told them stories of the time of Magor and so that was a present danger i think with 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 damon yeah and uh, yeah it was a good comp Otto was wasn't wrong to to make that point was i it, think yeah sure. i mean yeah. in a vacuum anyway like there's other factors too like he's wrong to not point out other other a- angles of what's happening at that time but yeah i mean and, and it's ironic too because amid is going to go on to do awful things to Harrenhal's people he's going to make a pile of heads that mm-hmm. kind of reminds us of the pile of heads Megor made of the faithful many of whom were complete innocents mm-hmm. not faithful just people that were in the wrong place at the wrong time so that's going to really backfire and I really wonder if how that's going to play out in the long term this, this is not a season one thing at all obviously the strong Harrenhal thing doesn't happen in this season but Alicent as a confidant of Laris her own son goes and kills all the other strongs like what's is that going to matter like where larry's just shrug and say oh well, i don't care <laughs> <laughs> or i mean he seems to not 
care. Yeah. Right. It's like it, he's it, as as a moral figure as we have seen, like is not is notably not interested in at all, almost in the survival of his house. Yeah. Like he's not he doesn't care. Yeah. He's not invested in it in any kind of way. He's not trying to keep the legacy going. He's not trying to put uh, create heirs. He's not thinking about that at all. He's thinking about like everything that he's doing. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. See, we've not seen many figures like this. That's true. That's very true. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious how they're gonna they're gonna handle all that, and, I'm, and I have faith that they will handle it well. They yeah, have... I'm curious how they'll show Alice Rivers with Laurie Strong, oh, like yeah. how what their relationship is like. Because again, Alice Rivers is a bastard of how strong, and so. Mm. Could be Lionel's daughter. Yeah, could, yeah, that's whether that's the case in Fire and Blood or not. I think it would make the most sense in House of the Dragon for her to be Lionel's bastard daughter, and thus Laris's half sister. Which, so you have to wonder what Laris would think about her and what she would think about him yeah. and about the death of her family and all that. So that that'll be super interesting to see. It's a small. I wonder if we get. Go ahead. I wonder if we get some context just about her background. Like, oh, if yeah, how much we yeah. Her. That would be really cool. I, mm-hmm. I guess they won't introduce her till next season. I would be pretty sure. Right. Yeah, but, one would imagine. But, yeah. yeah, but it'll be neat to see that and how they frame it. Yeah, because they could make him, make yeah. her Lionel's uh, daughter or, or sister, or even maybe maybe yeah. they could maybe even Harwin's, But that makes yeah. her a little young. But yeah, that would make her too young. I think I think she could be Lionel's daughter, or she could be Lionel's bastard sister too because again the whole thing with Alice is that she looks kind of timeless ageless we're not really sure how old she is and so for sure she's popular in the fandom for being the MILF that uh, Amond is with so like like, people will legit be disappointed if she is young and it's not Amond with like this older woman like I'm just saying I'm one of those people that would be disappointed but that is the the impression that people have of Alice but again we just don't know how old she is we just don't know in this case the M doesn't yeah. stand for mom, mom I'd no. like to F it's yeah. magician I'd like to F yeah <laughs> by the way break bones uh, Harwin break bones should have been should have been break door <laughs> or can't he, break door yeah. Yeah. yeah can't break door I guess because he wasn't that strong <laughs> yep yep um so well I'm uh, very curious about that I really wonder uh, what's gonna happen with all that yeah I wonder too like um this this foreshadowing if there's going to be any other like ways that plays out with helena coming back to helena and whether she'll see any of these other things like she's already tuned into mm. what her brother is doing if, if if she sees we talked about just foreshadowing blood and cheese but there's so many other things she could see like yeah, she could see what happens to see, her brother to aegon her see, brother husband <laughs> yeah she could see yeah. so many there's so it's just really wide open yeah. as which is one of the things that makes it really smart choice by the showrunners they know we love to talk about stuff and the wider yeah. open the topic the more we'll talk about it and yeah it's just and, it, and of course that's meant for for D- deep fans because like look casual show people aren't yeah. gonna have any idea what that line means uh so they yeah. will after this episode <laughs> they will after and this so episode. probably yeah. like the, the the theorizing will blow up even more oh for sure uh they've done a really just a great job of integrating something that like both the deep fans and the casual fans can enjoy in ways that allow them to talk to each other, yeah. which is really, really, really cool. I the bet stuff is wonderful. I bet Ryan Condal is good at walking tight ropes. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> just, I just believe that about him uncritically. Uh, you know, interestingly, and he's very, mm-hmm. very much a super nerd about all this yeah. stuff. When I got yeah. to talk I to him, that, like yeah. really is a 
deeply read guy. Yes. Yeah, I, I was, totally agree. I was happy to hear him say in a recent interview that Feast for Crows is his favorite book and A Song of Ice and Fire yeah. is my favorite too. Boom. And so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that, that's, that's great. <laughs> One thing missing from the show that is a rare thing they cut out, but to be fair, it's barely in the books, is that Lionel has two daughters who mm-hmm. are Rainier's ladies-in-waiting, which would have created a real interesting, like, strongs on both sides kind of thing. Did she marry them into people in her household or what? Because they're just not going to happen. I would, have, I I would have imagined that she used her strong ladies-in-waiting as a cover when she was hooking up with Harwin. It's pretty easy <laughs> to, like, <laughs> yeah. be sleeping with a guy when, you know, a, a yeah, little Yeah, they had to be in on it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah her ladies yeah, yeah, have yeah, to be yeah. in on it. So I, I, it makes sense. That is definitely... A disappointment, but I understand like they can't just fill out the cast like that. Yeah. But like I feel like it would have been possible to just show a gaggle of ladies around Rhaenyra and look, yeah. one of them is in the strong colors, and then we can fill in those blanks ourselves. Just something they've they've done a good job of doing. It's just like they know that it makes us so happy to see like Lord Caswell. That like there's no great yeah. significance yeah. there. It didn't take much like yeah. no or, skin or the, off of their teeth. The yeah. Joanna Swan mentioned the yeah. black swan, like things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. that's so bad. It's a big deal. And it does play, it actually does play into the plot, Johanna Swan, just as a side, like that, mm. they fighting over her is what gets Shiraco Lohar killed. Mm. And he's the admiral for the triarchy. So it's <laughs> like, she is a little relevant for this story. Um, but no, those, those, those strong daughters are not particularly relevant, but they are relevant in like, well, what does Laurie's family think about everything? He has yeah. more family. Like they weren't yeah. all, ho- or, or did they also go home? Like, I don't expect us to ever know. Yeah. So, because in the book, they're yeah. they go to Dragonstone earlier. It's actually maybe a nod to that when Rhaenyra says, "She's like, you're going." So we should go. Lainor says, "So we're going to Dragonstone." And she goes, "We should have gone much earlier." Which yeah. is like, it's not a nod to book readers because in the book, she goes to Dragonstone like a four or five years earlier, and like <laughs> like Harwin and her have a relationship on Dragonstone rather than it's all plays out at King's Landing. Mm. So it's a little more sneaky. Yeah, she would have been able to have a little bit more of a casual time with Harwin on Dragonstones. It's a little sad for sure yeah. that we didn't with, get with the sisters yeah. there too. Yeah. And yeah, we could have relaxed yeah. a little, not just been holding your breath the whole time. Yeah. Um couple of last thoughts. We've covered just about everything we wanted to cover, but there's a few little lingering things. I it just occurred to me that Lena is really like her father. I didn't thought about it before, but the way she's like, I want to go out and make my way in the world and see, take what's mine and be a dragon lord yeah. and do all that stuff. It's like, yeah, that's pretty much what the Sneak Snakes vibe was. He's like, yeah, I knew what I wanted yep. and I went to go take it. And and the serious when he's talking to Lena, he's like, oh, is that what your father told you? So you can tell that uh, Corlys was really talking to her about the way of the world. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, yeah. that's. She's like, yeah. I mean, kind of <laughs> Corlys is in a, in a large way his strength and his weakness because as this great captain used to being in command used to uh t- uh taking charge you say and and taking the reins when like uh when danger strikes at the same time is not a person who could hear other opinions yeah really. <laughs> you know like he took a course and that was kind of <laughs> yeah. i think it's not mentioned in the show maybe it's only hinted at but he wasn't born the first son he had an older brother that no. that died and didn't have kids or something so at first, he, that's part of why he calls himself a second son is technically he was, even though he inherited all the stuff. <laughs> just when yeah. he was younger, he didn't expect that, I guess, and um, ended up with all the both. He, he, one, inherited everything and had built up all this wealth on his own with his family's ships or just one ship or whatever he did. You know, we don't, we obviously don't see the scene of Lena, um, claiming Vagar, 
But I have to wonder the circumstances. Like, did Corlys take her on a little field trip? Like, let's go <laughs> see about this. Like, did she? I don't think she would have just gone to do that alone. It seems to me like something that Rainey's and Corlys had to encourage and be part of their 15 year old child trying to claim like this massive dragon. Yeah. And they had to approve, right? I, did you, I, I, I would uh, maybe unless she ran off on her own, like like Aemon will. But I, I but think, like that's yeah, pretty far it's to very run possible. off on no. their on her own, I considering agree. where Vagar is in relation to where she would have been at that time, which I was probably so. on uh, you know on Driftmark or maybe yeah, I don't know. Anyways, what do you think, Jason? Yeah, I don't know. It's really interesting because get that we get that earlier scene when um, Lena is taking her her. Um, her little walk with King Sarah's <laughs> when they're potentially going to be betrothed, and yeah. she, and she's questioning him about Valerian. What was that like? You're the last person to ride him, uh, and then she's they're talking about Vagar. Where is Vagar? And and she mentions that some of the tradespeople in Spice Town, hearing the songs of Vagar, suggesting again that Vagar is at least hanging out on Driftmark or in that area. So I do wonder, you know, in my mind putting those she put those clues together and just happened to happen to figure out where vagar was nesting or find He's clearly bald. find the place where vagar was mig- migrating and uh you know what we know of uh targaryens when they try to bond with dragons they basically succeed every single time so uh part of the confidence of youth to do it as i'm sure you know we're gonna see and yeah. And I would imagine she did. She did it. My sense is she did it without telling anyone. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> saw a chance and she mm-hmm. took it. Yeah, her, her parents might have been like, "No, if she had, yeah, like." <laughs> yeah, I think she. I think she saw her opportunity and she just grasped. Yeah, I, get the, I get the impression Rainey's would have said no. Yeah, I tend to lean that mm-hmm. way. Yeah, I wonder. I think that maybe she did it on her own, just because that's kind of the way they've portrayed her. But yeah, it may yeah. have been. It may have been part of Corlys's ambition or a little of both. Uh, so, uh, Stannis Baratheon in the chat says, can we compare and contrast Corlys's ambition to Tywin's? Yeah, that is, there is a lot of yeah. parallels there. I mean, I think personality wise, there's some stark differences, uh, or Lannister, Velaryon differences. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, cause he's not as ruthless. He's not as cold. He's not as harsh, but he tries to marry his daughter to the princess yeah. or to the prince and all these other things like the, similar like Tywin wanted that royal marriage with Ares and gets rejected for a, another yeah. powerful house and he gets real mad about it and tries to ignore his children's proclivities in terms denial of denial uh, of bastardy yeah, yeah. The, the, mm-hmm. the incest yeah. Uh, versus uh, being gay or whatever yeah just and but also very MC Snake's ambition kind of comes out differently as as Tywin's but it is ultimately a very similar thing to be as close to the crown as possible and the richest man in the yeah, realm at the time right Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the difference is primarily in in their ability and Tywin's like ability to plan in multiple directions. Mm-hmm. You know, when Tywin went to do something, he set it up with multiple fail safes so it would succeed. You know, uh, and to your and to your point was ruthless when he decided that he was going to move so that if he was you know going to say wipe out. Uh, several rebellious houses he was going to do it all the way and yeah. not and not not waste the effort to do so whereas you feel like while like Corliss is quite ambitious very ambitious he also I think doesn't quite have the eye for finding collaborators mm. and finding the thing that collaborators would want from him that he could provide to them so that he could really make sure that his plans happen I mean reaching out to Damon is smart 
Um, he's not quite the political operator Tywin is. I suppose. He's not yeah. the operator. You know, Tywin would have reached out to Damon and would have reached out to others and would have mm. made sure that all of those things are supporting yeah. whatever plot that he is doing. Sea snakes maybe a little um, above so yeah, very, board more. Tywin's a little more yeah. underhanded. And I think, I, and again, I think it's that it's the fact that like he's a sea captain, and when he mm. says something, that goes. That's it. We're doing this. Mm. Whereas Tywin ship, is used yeah. to, yeah. Whereas Tywin is used to building consensus and managing a realm in the absence and the mental absence of a of a of a ruler he's used to managing on a on a larger scale than, that's a good point the whole Congress. naval like you're on a ship the captain's word is absolute i mean tywin could yeah. say that about the people that he follows but that's just not the way he does it even though he kind of aims that way he he puts on the front of yeah. of, of letting people talk and getting their opinions, yeah. even though, as Tyrion says, he's usually already made his decision <laughs> by then. He just wants to let them talk to so they can feel bought in. But still, you're at still yeah. the method that I don't, we don't necessarily see the sea snake do that. Um, cool. So that's a great take. Yeah. One thing that I think that maybe could have been emphasized more, I didn't notice it until afterwards. It's a bit of a, a parallel, a, a book ending the last episode was the way the episode starts with that ominous blood trail that Rainier is leaving behind her as she leaves. Allison's quarters, it's just passing by Kristen Cole, and it's like, okay, blood is spilled, a blood trail between Allison and Rainier. That's pretty symbolic with Kristen Cole standing right there. And uh, Lena, it wasn't really emphasized, but she should have had a trail of blood following her when she left the birthing room and walked towards Vagar. So that would have been, you know, a little way to parallel things there. And uh, what, man, Damon. Pay attention. How does this woman get past? How did she get past everyone? What did she just like put a, put, you know, like put like a wide receiver, like juke her out on the, and then spin around the. She the threw on his cowl, his sneaking cowl. Real fast. <laughs> yeah, his like, where sneak did cowl. Where the did murder she go? cowl. Well, in this Come case, on, it was man. like a suicide cowl, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> yeah, that was pretty smooth. Like, that's the sneakiest pregnant lady ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you sure she's a dragon rider and not like some faceless woman? Like that yeah, was really faceless sneaky. man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> little bravosi blood in there. Uh, Patrick McGuire sends a super chat. Says, "Sorry if I missed this, but do you think Vagar was accurately portrayed size wise? Hard to tell. I guess so. Uh, she's awfully large. I mean, awfully damn big. big. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she looked huge when Lena rode her. She looked huge when Lena was." right in front of her to me <laughs> and she looks somehow even bigger in the shot of just her foot there in the yeah. trailer though in terms yeah. of if you're wondering accurately there's a difference between like accurate to the books and consistent within the show which is something that like i mean that's a hard thing to like it was really interesting watching the house the dragons built featurette because they showed how they used like um augmented reality technology like ar technology to uh use like an ipad or whatever and put it in front of where lena was and then they can see the scale of what Vagar looks like. So they do their best to yeah. make it make sense in yeah. relation to characters, but that is a tricky thing to get, uh, yeah. to handle. Like, you know, sometimes you just have to orient yourself like, okay, the size of Lena's head is the size of one of Vagar's yeah. eyes. Always. And as long as that's the case, it's right. Or something like that. You know? Wow. Yeah. And we saw all those ropes all over Vagar, like as if there were like a way yeah. to climb up on her. Cause she's too big. You can't get up there any other way. <laughs> And uh, as well, and nobody's gonna help you. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. Somebody help me get on Vagar. No, Eamon's gonna look <laughs> even it. smaller next to her. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's not even an adult. 
So that'll be that'll oh, be really interesting. interesting. What's that? Madeline Arch says the bleeding doesn't start until the afterbirth is out. So oh. conceivably, Lena would not have a trail of blood okay. behind her because she didn't get through birth and afterbirth. She okay. killed herself before she actually gave any birth at all. I mean, she had her dress was yeah, bloody, she was so bloody, I assume there'd be like, a little bit of blood, the, but yeah. maybe not a lot. Yeah, okay. maybe not quite okay. to that extent. So that's interesting. Thanks for that. That's that is true. good to know. Yeah, as the ins and outs of of this, I don't I'm not <laughs> yeah. don't know much yeah. about. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> never uh, gone through that. Uh, uh-huh. Joe Magician says, Jaharis did the sending out of septas and septons to preach target exceptionalism. Yeah, he did. That's the another example of Viserys yeah, not doing yeah. things that... <laughs> yeah. Even if it's been done before, he didn't even take the take the like lesson from his forebear. But that's a recurring theme here. None of these characters yeah, were did. properly prepared to rule. Viserys wasn't yep. raised to rule. He was the yeah. second son of. I mean, he maybe was going to be the eventual ruler, but his father was like you said. He'd only been hand for like six months or a yeah, year. I mean, and yeah, I mean, they say you know when you read about Anus's rule, he's like, wait, they don't. They don't just love everything we do. Yeah. <laughs> he was seemed very seemed very it. surprised when people were like, "Well, we gave your father that. We let him do that because he conquered us and he had three dragons, and we knew that we would die." But <laughs> you were not so sure if we're going to let you do the things that you're trying to do. So he seemed very very confused that. Uh, uh, and back to your point about not being prepared to rule, I think that that's something that the Targ should have should have worked out. Yeah, I mean, even Jaharis wasn't sort of prepared program. to rule, and, and Alisan, they just yeah. that just worked out great. <laughs> they just were good at; it. they were naturals, you know. <laughs> but everyone else, Magor, uh, yeah, and, and even Viserys yeah. and Rhaenyra, Alison, and even Alison. I mean, she's when was she taught to rule? I mean, her yeah. her father yeah. taught her to marry the king, you know. <laughs> That's like, but what comes after? Not much instruction there that we see, but. Mm. Maybe some of it was off screen, but uh, we don't get the impression that a lot of preparation was given to these. No, no, yeah, no, no, no. it's not like not there's also like a handbook, a textbook on how That's to true. rule at this point. Maybe yeah. there's some. Seven Kingdoms are still relatively new. Yeah, yes, they're, they're new. Yeah, Maybe there are some new. like associate, you know, texts on the art of legislating. Like maybe there's maybe there's looking for. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's a a, a similar pressing issue in my mind. And I've, I've, apologies to anybody who's heard me complain about this, but I really feel as if the crown has been lax on the issue of the secret passages. They've existed now for seventy or eighty years. Can we, we, we need to map these. These need, to, these need to be understood so that yeah. pe- uh, people often working against the interest of the ruler are seemingly the only people who ever know how to use them at any given time. <laughs> and as we have seen. They cause a lot of problems throughout the history of the Seven Kingdoms. Oh, yeah. Let's, the fact that they weren't mapped like immediately <laughs> after Magor, uh, you know, uh, Magor getting toppled is crazy. Harris, that should have been day one. Let's map the fucking passageways. Well, what Jaharis would have known. I mean, I, I I assume he would. I just have to raise the yeah. question: Would Jaharis right, sure. have known? Well, how did Damon learn about them? And how did Damon learn? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like what? Maybe he just like leaned on a bookshelf <laughs> and he mapped them. He's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I know. Imagine finding that out if you're right here. You're like, there's been a door in my room this whole time. Are you I know, right? kidding me? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a clever way to to tie in the comment about Magor when Otto was like, "He'll be another Magor," and the Magors would have built those passageways. While Damon is literally yep. in that passageway, listening to him say that, <laughs> I was like, "Well, yeah. you're not entirely wrong." He laughs at his brother, saying, "Damon doesn't want the throne." He's like, <laughs> I "Might give myself away by laughing too loud in the secret passageway." Yeah. <laughs> 
but alas, nothing of the sort. Okay, right. I think that it. does it for today. I think we've had an excellent show. I think we are all prepared for episode seven. I, I, if you all have any final questions, now is your last chance to sneak them in. We will I start saying some you, thank yous. I'm so excited to see Aziz's reaction to the next episode more than normal because I don't. I'm not normally spoiled on something such a major change that Aziz isn't. So, <laughs> Jason's uh, pulling his hat yeah, down like, like uh, yep, me you did too. a very good job, Jason, of keeping mum. <laughs> yeah, you're a real pro, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So, folks, we are going to be guesting on Jason's X-Ray podcast this coming Wednesday. Yep. The episode won't be out Wednesday, but that's when we're recording it. It'll come out Friday. We'll record it Wednesday. It'll be out Friday. So if any of y'all are, are listeners to that uh, and want to submit questions to the Ask the Maester segment, we're going to have uh, two of the best ever do it, <laughs> answering your questions. And if you haven't checked out X-Ray, well, this is the perfect time yeah. to do so. Your your perfect bridge into their wonderful world they've got over there. And they of course, you can look up X-Ray Vision on any of your podcast feeds of choice. I don't think you're exclusive, so wherever. And you cover a lot of different fandoms on X-Ray, don't you? That's right. Uh, Star Wars, Rings of Power, etc. All yeah, the, uh, you, the you, Marvel movies, all that. Stuff. You you brought uh, History Westeros up on one episode, and I had a random friend of mine that was like, "You were mentioned on X Ray Vision podcast." I was like, "Oh, yeah, Jason's a friend. Like, it's nice of him." But like, <laughs> I say, I, they were they were like, "Oh my god, you were mentioned by Jason." <laughs> <laughs> we were like, oh. "I mean, I've, as I've mentioned many times, like you guys are the best. Oh, I have been doing it a kind. long time. Whenever I'm like." have a question uh, Aziz is the first person I text like hey what are your thoughts on we this have texted um, a few times, I've been listening so you... to your podcast for a long time <laughs> before I was uh, covering the stuff and you guys That's are true. great I do remember that yeah you reached out to us a long time you're ago one of our I still early... appreciate that yeah. Yeah. you were one of our earlier iTunes reviews that's right yeah also, back when we only had a yeah. few yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's right that's right so yeah so also check him out on the official Game of Thrones House of the Dragon podcast official official you all see it advertise yeah. when you watch the episodes so yeah. you, you should have seen ads for it by now but too. yeah you'll have some fantastic guests let interviews the interviews are just they're just pure fire yeah not and you and greta get along really well your your uh thank you so much your banter is excellent say. yeah <laughs> good stuff uh also thanks to anyone who came live and and attended this live stream and added to the comments added to the questions if you sent a super chat we really appreciate that a lot of good uh, takes in the chat as usual you really help uh fuel our commentary here it adds a lot if and you can't Yep. I can say not a single person was a jerk and tried to spoil. Well behaved, y'all. All right, like, shout out, shout yeah, out shout for out that. Chip, I appreciate that because I was worried that I was going to be like furiously like delete, <laughs> delete, delete. Yeah, I was slightly wary of looking because I look over at the screen. Sometimes y'all see me look to the left or maybe to the right. It looks like from where I'm sitting, and I squint. That's me like looking at the chat, you know, from over here because I don't have my glasses on. But uh, and I'm like, maybe I shouldn't be looking at that. But yeah, but it's been fine. <laughs> y'all have been very well behaved. Thank yeah, you. Great job, y'all. Appreciate that. So. So if you want to uh, check us out after elsewhere, don't forget you can watch the replays on Spotify for catching the video or on YouTube. And if you want to watch the podcast version or cat listen to the podcast version, rather, that would be on as well on Amazon Music or on Google or on Spotify or iTunes, all the good places there, wherever you catch podcasts. I want to say one point from Reaver 14. The servants have to be able to clean those secret passageways and tunnels because otherwise they'd be covered in cobwebs. <laughs> it's a great point from Reaver 14. <laughs> Someone's got to clean those. Someone's yeah. cleaning there. Yeah. Notable. Yep. <laughs> oh, they're just those, they're just too careless, those Targaryens. <laughs> Let's let anyone in those tunnels, any old <laughs> yeah. piece of blood or cheese, you know. 
<laughs> Joe Magician, here's what happens in the episode. Vagar gets shot by a ship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, right. So thanks again, everyone. Also, thanks to our contributors who add to our, our podcast via music and art. Thanks to Michael Klarfeld. Thanks to uh, Jesse Koval and uh, Joey Townsend. Thanks to uh, Kevin McLeod. Thanks to Bran Winslow, a.k.a. Bran the Builder, for our current an excellent House of the Dragon preview slash review music and intro. It's pure fire and blood. Nah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and enjoy the episode tomorrow, everyone. Have fun, and we'll see you all on Monday and uh, later weeks for the rest of the season. We still have yeah. a good four episodes left, so still quite a bit yeah. to go. And, yeah, um, we can. Our guest next week is Joanna Robinson. Correct? Yeah. yeah, that's our guest. We're bringing in some I guess real I, heavy hitters. Yeah, I can say I, I, the <laughs> guests for the rest of the season are now confirmed. So we've got Joanna Robinson next Saturday, then Chloe and Eliana of Girls Gun Cannon the week after that, and then Kim Renfro um, of, of Insider and other uh, podcasts and Cast of Kings. And, Kings, and, yeah. and yeah. Um, so yeah, that's our, our the rest of the season covered for us. And we'll have a review where we have a bunch of people on, of course. Yeah, and we'll we'll probably end. do some character stuff after. This season's been so good. We'll we'll keep talking about it after it's over. Unlike yeah. Game of Thrones season eight, which we kind of <laughs> stopped. <laughs> I mean, we didn't hate it, but we just didn't feel just motivated like, to cover it extra yeah. after just it was done. We're like, let's go, let's go start our reread. That's <laughs> what so we did. Valhar reread. But you're off, right. But. After this, we might want to uh, take a little time to dig into some characters and view. The, yeah, we might take a little time before we go back to Valhar reread us. Yeah. So anyway, or maybe we'll do both. We'll see. Yeah. We'll work that out. Y'all feel feel free to send us your suggestions on how you want to how you think we should proceed and we'll take that under advisement but until next time valar reread us and valar rewatch us